This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey everybody, welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily for a Tuesday afternoon game day. One more time on the road for the Winnipeg Jets against the Minnesota Wild tonight. And they'll be doing it without their captain, Blake Wheeler, who uh, has been announced by the team this morning as symptomatic and positive with COVID-19. So uh, a huge story for both the team and the National Hockey League uh, with Blake Wheeler isolating now in Minnesota for the next 10 days. And we'll be without, won't be able to be in the lineup tonight or for the Jets home opener and the game on Saturday going into hitting the road again next week. Um, you know, we'll get to all of this. Mike McIntyre is going to join us on the road with the Winnipeg Free Press from the Twin Cities. And we'll also get the latest on the Minnesota Wild with Jesse Pierce coming up in just a few minutes. Big news for the Bombers today with the acquisition of an established CFL kicker. So we'll get to all of that in just a moment. As always, this show doesn't happen without the great support of our sponsors, including Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza, Not Auto Corp, Canadian Club, and of course our friends in the Nick and Nicky DQ group and our betting partner, CoolBet Canada. Speaking of CoolBet, Dustin Nielsen and I just finished a Tuesday edition of The Lock Shop. So if you're listening on the podcast, uh, when you're done, why don't you uh, pop in Lock Shop into Apple or Spotify, download that sucker, subscribe, and catch it twice weekly, Tuesdays and Fridays for uh, for The Lock Shop. Let's get Remus in here to get things going. And, uh, you know, Remo, obviously we're going to get to bomber the Bombers in the acquisition of Sergio Castillo, uh, but it is a Winnipeg Jet game day. We'll be spending a lot of time talking about the team that's 0-2 heading into the Twin Cities tonight. Uh, but all of that sort of secondary um, to the news, and I heard it. We'll hopefully hear from Andrew Kopp and the coach a little bit later on in the program. Uh, but Andrew Kopp described this is from Mike McIntyre uh, that Blake Wheeler's COVID status was a jolt to the whole team and a reminder that the pandemic isn't over. Says the past day's been a nervous one around the club, but they're relieved nobody else has entered protocol. Says everyone being vaccinated helps. This is, um, I mean, this is not something I think anyone expected that we'd be talking about going into game three of the regular season. But as Cop mentioned, it is somewhat a sober reminder that the pandemic isn't over. And even with 100% vaccination on the hockey club and the dedication Blake Wheeler brings to the job every single day, um, the Jets are without their captain. And first and foremost, I think everyone's hoping that, you know, the symptoms that he has are minor, uh, that the vaccine will help any sort of real severe effects of it. And we'll have the captain back in the lineup at some point very soon. Yeah, that was definitely shocking news yesterday, seeing that uh, Blake Wheeler was in COVID protocol. Uh, today, he wasn't at the skate, so you knew you know, it was something serious. And again, we hope that the captain is okay. But you know what this means for the hockey team is he's going to be out at least 10 days in isolation, according to the NHL's rules, and then at least 24 hours since his symptoms improved. He'll also have to go through some cardiac testing. So I think this is a big blow to the team. You're losing your captain. Um, you know, he played the most minutes the other night, and we're going to have to see. I mean, you, we saw the lines yesterday, Andrew Kopp moving into his spot on the top line. But um, pretty, I guess, pretty pretty big story today coming out of the Jets, out of the Jets when I thought the biggest story was going to be the Bombers getting a kicker. But uh, here we are heading into game three, and the Jets will be out with their out with, uh, their captain will be out for a bit. Yeah, um, and, and listen, this will be something, as I said, we'll get into with Mike. And, and you know, hey, coming out of the first two games, I know there was a lot of people that are, were bent about losses to the Ducks and the Sharks and, 
you know, like any fan bases, there's some guys that, you know, are a little more lightning rods than others. And Blake Wheeler's the captain. He's making a lot of money. He's been here for a long time and all that. But, um, I mean, this is beyond, um, this is beyond, you know, what we, you know, anything to do with the lineup right now. And the lineup is weird tonight. I mean, I'll tell you right off the bat. I know we'll get the chat going. 11 forwards, 7 defense, Cole Perfetti healthy scratched, Nate Beaulieu coming in. Um, you know, we'll talk to Mike, see what the coach had to say. We'll hear from Coach Paul Maurice later on. Um, but I don't want to diminish this and make this all about the lineup because um, these are humans. Uh, these are, you know, people, and this is their health going forward. And, you know, there's still a lot that we don't know about COVID. I think everyone's doing everything that they can to try to be safe for them and their families. Uh, but this is concerning. I mean, Blake Wheeler going to be um, out for the next 10 days, away from his family, isolating in Minnesota. Um, so a, a really unfortunate start to the season for the Winnipeg Jets, and especially the captain, who I think, you know, in particular was sort of under some pressure to lead this team back to, you know, winning ways that were expected at the beginning of the season. Um, but, it, but Remo, as you mentioned, as far as this game goes for tonight, um you know, it's going to be a, a very interesting look. I mean, Andrew Kopp is moving up onto that top line. Uh, but the fact that Perfetti is out and the Jets are going to be going with 11 forwards, um, to be honest, was a little bit of a surprise. I'm not sure how what that means for fourth line time, which hadn't been playing much to begin with. I think the score effects and the trailing in the second half of both of those games certainly had something to do with it. But uh I mean, this is a big game for the Winnipeg Jets. They don't want to be coming back to, for their home opener at 0-3 on the season. Um, but there's a lot of guys that are going to need to step up in the absence of Blake Wheeler because as much as he may have taken some some flack for some of the things that you know his team hasn't done so far, the Winnipeg Jets are not a better team by any stretch of the imagine with their captain out of the lineup. And um, there's going to be some guys that need to step up tonight. Yeah, well well said, Huston. And I do, the, my first thought too was... Um, you know, just being away from your family for 10 days. I mean, you already go on a road, on a road trip. I think that's the toughest part as someone, uh, you know, who had to go through some COVID protocols myself uh, last year. I mean, it's a huge pain in the ass for everyone along with, you know, being whatever symptoms he may have. But as far as the lines go, yeah, I mean, we can pull them up here. Uh, we saw them yesterday in practice. Connor, Shafley, Kopp, Stasny, Dubois, Ehlers, uh, Harkins, Lowry, Veselainen, Svechnikov, and Riley Nash, and yes, Cole Perfetti, who got moved from the third line to the fourth line, has now moved from the fourth line to healthy scratch. And I don't know if this is some kind of um, you know service time manipulation. They're like, hey, if we're only going to play him, you know, five minutes, let's just save save the game. We'll get you know we'll keep him on the road trip. We're coming back to Manitoba, and then we'll send him down to the Moose. I don't know if that is the plan, but it seemingly uh, it seems to me we're kind of headed that way. Just just you know going from third to fourth to scratch to AHL that just would be the progression um i'm i've been kind of curious at the usage of the fourth line i mean you saw Veselainen and Svechnikov in very limited time had strong um you know shot shot attempts percentage numbers and you think they'd be warranted additional playing time we'll see if that goes as far as defense Morrissey Schmidt Dylan Pionk Stanley DeMello and yesterday they did move Schmidt to the switch, you know, flipped him and Pionk on the power play. Um, well, I and the yeah, bully you again in as the seventh hmm. D. I think they're just trying to save Perfetti a game, a game here. That's but again, if you need uh, him, you know if you need I'm him later, th- yeah, if you need him later, like you're going to go over the the nine games anyways. Yeah, 
I, I'll be honest. I don't think this has anything to do with nine games in the ELC mm -hmm. right now. I think this, I mean, believe it or not, um, I don't think Paul Maurice thinks that Cole Perfetti uh, being put in the lineup gives them a better chance to win right now. Um, I mean, I, listen, I know a lot of people are in love with the kid and I'm really excited about his potential and his future. But I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I watched that San Jose game. And I mean, this is a kid knocking down the door to be in the top six right now in the National Hockey League. Um, would I prefer that they have him in the lineup and see what he can do tonight against Minnesota and have the full complement of 12 forwards? Yeah, that's probably what I would do. Um, but again, we'll find out more for the reasoning of this. The bottom line is, if the Jets are leaning on a rookie with two year, two games to his credit um, to be the guy that goes in and pulls this team out of the 0-2 start, uh, it's probably not where they're going to start. It's going to be Nikolai Ehlers. It's going to be Mark Scheifele. It'll be Connor Hellebuck. It'll be the guys on the blue line that get this team out of it. And, you know, hopefully with a win tonight against the Minnesota Wild. And I'll tell you what, Remus, just aside from everything that we've talked about, we'll get into it more with Mike when he joins us a little bit later on in the program. I'm really looking forward to having uh, Jesse Pierce come on in just a couple minutes because uh, this Wild team is a very, very different team than the one that we remembered from a couple of years ago back in the Central Division. I mean, in the time since the Minnesota Wild have played the Winnipeg Jets head-to-head, -head, um, we've seen a huge overhaul in the front office and certainly in the lineup. And um, Kirill Kaprasov, the first time we'll get a chance to see against the Jets on television tonight, we'll see him when the Minnesota Wild come later on. He uh, emerged as a star last year in the National Hockey League. And I think people, if they haven't been paid attention to the, quote, old, boring Minnesota Wild, are going to have their eyes open tonight when we see Kaprasov and the guys host Winnipeg. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm enjoying getting a look at some of these teams because I, I didn't get bored of the Canadian division. I liked it, but, you know, you only you saw Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal. You know, you saw all those guys so much. So now we're getting to see some new players. It's exciting. You know, Anaheim. Um, you know, we saw the other day, I actually watched their game yesterday. John Gibson was incredible again, but we're going to get a look at Minnesota tonight. Kaprizov, Erickson X, Zuccarello. We'll get a, a first close, uh, Jordan Greenway, Ryan Hartman, uh, Marcus Foligno, but Victor Rask, Freddie Goudreau, Kevin Fiala came over from Nashville a couple years ago. And fourth line at Buham, Sturm, uh, Bugstad. I mean, defense looking a bit different now without Ryan Suter, Golgoski and Jared Spurgeon. Brodeen, Dumba, and Merrill, former Jet Dmitry Kulikov, who I think has found a nice role here with Minnesota. So uh, Kaprizov, we'll see. You know, they are off to a 2-0 start. Uh, they're excited about the Wild in Minnesota. They seem to have more offensive flair than we've seen in the past. And I know they have a young top prospect as well, Marco, uh, Marco Rossi, who... You know, had some health issues with COVID last year, but I know he's in the system as well. So a lot of, a uh, bit of a different wild than we're used to seeing, that's for sure. Yeah, well, so I'm looking forward to this. And as I said, you know, we, um, we don't want to bury the, the story of Sergio Castillo coming up. And we, were mm -hmm. gonna, we are going to spend quite a bit of time today talking about this Jets wild game, the situation, and of course the huge story with Blake Wheeler uh, being out for the next 10 days in isolation due to testing positive for COVID. Um, but Remo, uh, just before we get to Jesse Pierce in Minnesota for the latest on the home team tonight, uh, I know you put out a post today on Winnipeg Sports Talk, I believe the Facebook and you know all of the, those social channels. The engagement for the Castillo acquisition uh, was off the charts. Um, this was the sort of news that Bomber fans were hoping. 
Um, and this is a guy that comes in with a pretty nice CFL resume, including some time here in Winnipeg. Um, you know, he's been bouncing around opportunities to try to get back into the National Football League. He is going to be a guy coming off a 2019 season with the British Columbia Lions, where he was 41 of 45 for 91%. Um, it sounds like this is exactly what the Winnipeg Blue Bombers need, and certainly in the minds of most of the fans, the last missing piece of a championship squad here to uh, run it back. Oh, yeah, this is uh, this is really big news, Hess. I mean, we had thought they were going to acquire a kicker for sure. We, you know, we're talking about Lewis Ward, uh, Sean White. Uh, Sergio Castillo was in uh, what training camp with the Titans trying to you know hatch on to an NFL job. Didn't work out. Bombers trade a fourth-round pick, so you're not even giving up one, one of your first two. This is a big move. I mean, Ali Mortada, um, you couldn't trust him over 40 yards. He had a really nice game, but I think it was pretty clear um, you know, that bringing in Castillo for a fourth round pick is a significant upgrade and really solidifies the position of a bomber team has who can clinch, uh, you know, a spot in the West final with a win in BC on Saturday. So I've already started bundling up. I'm ready to go. And I, I as far as I know, I, I think we have to wait for the full update. I'm not sure when he'll be available. It's not this week. I think he has to go through some quarantine stuff. We'll have to, con- we're working to, uh, I got to confirm that. But big, big trade. You got to be excited. And yeah, this was the the Evander Kane one I posted yesterday on the Winnipeg Sports Live Facebook page. A lot of co- a lot of comments. People are fired up. They want to keep dumping on the guy. But this this is a positive story. This is excitement. And uh, I think getting a, a kicker for this team that what fifty percent kicking this year. Or I'm sure it improved a bit after um, last game. But it hasn't yeah. been good. It hasn't well, been good. It, it, we'll talk a little bit more about this and the latest on the Bombers coming up later on today on the program after we get through all of the Jets talk. Um, and by the way, Remus has posted a link. Uh, we do have a DraftKings contest tonight for the evening slate. Get in there if you want. The uh, link's in the chat. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, just check in leagues, Winnipeg Sports Talk on DraftKings if there's spots left before puck drop tonight. And I do want to thank everyone for the feedback on yesterday's show. Very rarely do I get fired up like that and go on a bit of a rant, but it is a joke. I still maintain that Winnipeg fans, you know, can't be in two places at once. Um, The scheduling disrespect to the fans of this bomber and jet game, not once, but twice at the exact same time. Um, Needless to say, it was quite a popular take that I don't think has been talked about very much. So if you missed that, check yesterday's show um, but we do appreciate the feedback. And I don't think yeah. there's anyone that really disagrees with it. Um, why it's happened, that, I guess, is up for debate. Bottom line is it shouldn't happen, and it's a raw deal for Winnipeg fans. Uh, but check yesterday's show. We won't go down that rabbit hole. We're going to be talking Jets and Wild. Jesse Pierce is coming up in just a second. Uh, before we do that, I uh, want to thank Culligan Water, one of our newest sponsors here on Winnipeg Sports Talk, for teaming up with WST. Culligan Water are the water experts here in Winnipeg. And you Southern train Manitoba. day in and day Family owned and doing it here in the city for 65 years. Uh, we all know how important hydration is day to day for your own personal health, um, as well as all the benefits that it does for you and your family when you are staying hydrated. And that's why Culligan can help you out. They've got it all. Uh, in addition to what they've been doing for 65 years here in Manitoba. They've got everything that you and your family need. Water softeners, filters, whole home drinking systems, drinking water systems, as well as bottled water coolers, bottle free coolers, water delivery services citywide, and of course, commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Find out more about everything they can do for you and your family at Drink Culligan. 
Sargent.com or pop by and see them here in Winnipeg at 1200 Sargent or 694-5180. Uh, I'm going to be popping by to get a little bit of a charge with our boys over at Manitoba Battery. Um, I think that beautiful day we had yesterday might be the end of it, folks. We know that winter is just around the corner. I've been telling you for weeks, don't be that guy that wakes up when it's minus 35 going, I'm such an idiot for not getting my battery earlier. Uh, you don't even need to leave the house. Manitoba Battery uh, as the best prices in town and they'll save you money and the trip for going down to one of those big box stores and paying more for the exact same battery. Uh, here's what you need to know. Uh, picked up at uh, Manitoba Battery on Logan, $89.50 with Core Exchange, aka they get the old battery back. Or if it's delivered within city limits, it's $109.50 with a $15 recycling rebate when the core is returned. Uh, I would suggest, though, for any of your battery needs, pop down and see them on Logan Avenue. You'll see our pal Donnie and all the guys there. Maybe the best crew of nicknames I've ever heard. The Maestro, The Godfather, Ninja, Kiddo, Kimbo, Young Buck. Um, they're all there. But no matter what you need, automotive, industrial, batteries, Manitoba Battery has it. You can also find out more at manitobabattery.com. And uh, hey, two days away from the home opener, Maybe you're thinking about a new Nate Schmidt jersey, Brandon Dillon, uh, or maybe just getting a Nikolai Ehlers or Connor Hellebuck to get ready for the new season. Royal Sports is the spot um, for all of your merchandise, for our local teams, as well as the best merchandise from around all the major sports leagues. And of course, they're also the home of hockey in Manitoba for over 35 years. And I should mention, I talked about this yesterday on the program. Go to Royal Sports Pemina's Instagram feed. You'll see them all, um, especially with the captain Blake Wheeler down um, for the next little while dealing with COVID um, might be a great time to support his charities. They've got the Blake Wheeler hats, the wheel, the BF logo and more every single dollar of the proceeds goes to cancer care, Manitoba, something the captain's been doing very well supporting here in Manitoba. So uh, if you're so inclined, support the cause, they're all down there at Royal sports, Seven fifty. Pembina Highway. All right, let's get ready for this game tonight. Mike McIntyre will join us a little later on. We'll have more on the latest on the Winnipeg Jets, the Blake Wheeler situation, how things look at going into tonight. Uh, but I'm really fired up for the first time actually being able to see each other. Certainly she came on a number of times back in the old TSN days. Uh, it's great to have for the first time on Winnipeg Sports Talk, Jesse Pierce of NHL.com. And you can hear her on the Bar Down Beauties podcast. Really fired up for hockey season to be here. I mean, just doing sports talk in general, being a sports fan, this is one of the best times of the year. Um, but I think more than anything, you know, getting back to some sense of normalcy, if you will, despite what we're dealing with today, having fans back in the building. And you know what? Getting to see the old Central Division rivals, including the Minnesota Wild. And I was just telling folks beforehand, if you weren't paying attention last year, if you were entirely focused on the Canadian division and you hadn't really been watching what Bill Guerin had been doing in Minnesota, this Minnesota Wild team that we see tonight taking on the Winnipeg Jets going to be quite different from the one we saw a couple years ago. 
Right. I mean, I think Eric Stahl scored the game winner. He's no longer with the team. Zach Parisi, I'm sure, notched a goal. He's no longer with the team. No Ryan Suter. It's a very, very different Minnesota Wild Club, which for Minnesota Wild fans, it's kind of nice. A changing of tides, if you will, with the buyouts of Suter and Parisi. Um, and then there's that guy, Kirill Kaprizov, who Minnesota has been clamoring for, finally comes over from Russia and does everything that was advertised last season. Um, you know, and they're looking to hit for him to make a big splash. This is the first time fans will really be able to see him live. Too, they were scattered fan base uh, a little bit last year, but not nearly enough. So this year, uh, it's really time. A lot of excitement here in the state of hockey, and it is. I think everyone's excited to see the Winnipeg Jets welcomed back. Maybe even the Chicago Blackhawks as well, because as we know, the Central Division it's a tight one, but it's a fun one to be a part of. Well, there's no doubt about that. And of course, with the um, you know with the chat, we're just waiting for the damn border to get open and <laughs> not be you know grand to you know get COVID tests to come back over because yeah. I mean the one thing that we'll be missing probably is a big collection of Winnipeg fans. And that's been one of the coolest things about this rivalry, the fans from both uh, opposing teams that often sit in the building. But as far as the team on the ice, you mentioned Kaprasov. I mean, we can't not start with him. Um, You know, how much did he change the wild? Like just last season, just coming in, because as I said before, the wild had a rep of a team that didn't have many star players. Um, They at times were a very boring team to watch. They weren't that exciting team. And then this guy comes in and, uh, I mean, sets the league on fire and certainly watching from afar, the fan base of the Minnesota Wild. I mean, arguably the most exciting player that they've had, well, maybe ever. I mean, I think ever. Yeah, you could maybe, maybe say Marion Gabrick was the last electrifying player that the Minnesota Wild have had in their organization. But I mean, I laugh. You even have to go back to like the North Stars and Mike Madano, because that's probably a better equation for Kirill Kaprizov. Um, No, it is. I mean, again, watching from afar while he was in the KHL and and not signing with Minnesota, they were there was this want, this need, Minnesota, the state of hockey. We need to have a player who makes everyone around him better. And he did just that. I mean, Matt Zuccarello really found his game playing with Kirill Kaprizov, these two players have this dynamic energy that's so much fun to watch. Um, Jules Eriksnek, now the number one center between these two guys after having a breakout season last year. But I mean, Kirill Kaprizov made Victor Rask even elevate his game. I mean, really everybody around, they want to play with this guy, but they got to keep up with this guy, right? So I mean, it's it's been really, really fun to watch just the energy he brings. And I mean, he looks like he's having a blast out there every time he's on the ice. And I think that's just another appeal to him too. I mean, he's not afraid to try things. There's never been a player more creative in the Minnesota Wild organization, and that's what makes him just so dynamic. I mean, right now, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he does against other teams that he hasn't seen before. I mean, last year, playing against the L.A.s and the Anaheims and the San Jose's and the Arizona's, a little bit different than playing against the Winnipeg's and the Vancouver's and, and all these other teams as they're going to really zero in on Kirill Kaprizov, but that's where the rest of his team around him is going to have to help him open that space up, and I think they're willing to do that because Everybody wants to go all in on Kirill and let's build the team around him. Well, and the team did go all in on Kirill. I mean, it was a long, you know, drawn out contract negotiation, but it got him done. It was a big number, but six years and he really is in his prime right now. But Jesse, you know, we've seen a number of star Russian players come over. Some have done very well. Some haven't fit in and some have had a tough time making the adjustment from Russia to North America. You know, Kaprasov did it last year in such a bizarre year in the middle of the pandemic without fans. But, you know, you mentioned the joy that he seems to have on the ice and he does seem to connect it. I mean, how is the the adjustment to, you know, the new surroundings, the new organization, the new team gone big picture heading into this season? 
I mean, I still can't decide if he knows English really well and is still fooling us media folk or if he uh, if he doesn't, because that's the one thing we don't unfortunately get to talk to him nearly as much as he still makes that adjustment. And like you had just mentioned, Andrew, it was a tough year to transition last year, right? I mean, COVID, you're not able to really get together with your teammates. You're not able to do all of the normal things that you would do to assimilate to an entirely new country. That being said, Kirill Kaprizov is a player that wants to win. He wants to compete and he recognizes that the NHL is the best league to do that in. Um, so I think he welcomes all those challenges. Again, he's he goes out there and just sets the ice on fire. And it's just so much fun to watch. I mean, it's it's something, again, I don't think Minnesota has ever seen. And it's it's been tremendous. So I think he's he's becoming more comfortable, but he's still learning. He absolutely is. I mean, he's out there on the ice. He's the first one on the ice, last one off the ice. I mean, he's constantly working on his game, making sure that he can really get it down. And I mean, granted, it took him a while to get over here into the NHL. So I think he recognized that he was going to need to adjust. And I think he's, uh, he's really adjusted quite well, all things considered. Uh, Jesse Pierce with us getting ready for the Jets and wild tonight. The third of the season opening three game road trip before the Jets open up against the ducks at home Thursday night for the Winnipeg home opener. Um, we're going to see Kaprasov playing with Matt Zuccarella and Joel Erickson Eck in the middle. And Erickson Eck's a player that we've seen sort of grow. But uh, let me ask you, how far has Erickson Eck come along from two seasons ago, the last time he would have played the Winnipeg Jets? Oh, I mean, tremendously. Last year, he was top goal scorer on on the team and that was playing between Marcus Foligno and Jordan Greenway. He was a guy that was also elevating their play. Um, he's got size. He loves to really just pester the opposing team too. It's, it's kind of funny. You never know what he says, but he just gives you this look and it drives the opposition absolutely bonkers and it's fun to see. Um, I think what really works well with him up the middle with Zuccarello and Kaprizov is he's able to kind of create that space. He's got that net front presence down low too that really uses his big burly body and Matt Zuccarello and Kaprizov can do their thing and and pass around and, and kind of get fancy schmancy with it. Um, and and I love it for Ak. I think you Winnipeg is in for a little bit of a shock because it is. He's he's transformed into the player that Minnesota always wanted him to be. Um, you know, that he was projected to be this great offensive output of a guy. And and it took a while for him to get there. But if if last season was any inkling of uh the trajectory he's on, he's just going to get better and better as uh, he continues on. Cause he signed a big lucrative eight year deal with Minnesota. So he's another uh, big franchise piece that they're counting on. Well, okay. You know, let's just for a second talk. I don't know. If we're going to be focusing in on the game tonight, but you mentioned the eight year deal that Erickson Eck got the six year deal that Kaprasov got. And it's hard to talk about the off season moves that the wild made without talking about the guys that they walked away from in Parisi and Suter. And mm-hmm. listen, there's been a lot of talk about Parisi trying to move the contract before. I guess maybe we shouldn't have been shocked at that. I'll be honest. I was stunned that Ryan Suter was also cut loose. Um, what did you make of what the reasons that that happened? Because Suter absolutely can still play in the National Hockey League. And what does this do to them going forward? I mean, it's hard to not talk about the wild in the cap era with a, what, $14 million in cap penalties the next couple seasons? Yeah, not great. Not looking great in the money books. Um, No, I mean, I think you're right. Zach Parisi, 
wasn't really a shock. You saw him be a healthy scratch. You saw him get limited ice time. You saw him demoted to the fourth line. And that was a position that he wasn't willing to accept. It was a role that he wasn't really necessarily willing to play. And I mean, rightfully, you know, maybe so, because you signed this guy to this big, huge contract and he said he was a superstar and he, he still maintained that he could do that. Um, so I think it was best for both the team and Zach to part ways, because I think it would have been really hard for them to bridge a gap. Not that there was exactly a huge rift, but there definitely was a rift. You could sense some tension um, and just disagreements as to what each of them were looking for from each other. So that one, absolutely not surprising um, and equally not as surprising that he's in New York with Lou Lamarillo, who he obviously knows very well. So there's that uh, Ryan Suter. Yeah, I think it shocked a lot of people. I know, namely Ryan Suter. I think he was very stunned at the news because um, like you mentioned, he still is a guy that can play. He's still a guy that eats up these minutes and he's, he's going to do well in Dallas. I mean, they've already got a very strong defensive core and adding him to that just makes them a little bit more powerful. Um, but I think it was, you know, maybe just a changing of the guard, if you will, and a little bit of a new culture that they were looking for. Not to say that, you know, Zach and, and Ryan were bad for the culture, but they just wanted to go a different direction and really give this team a more youthful look and inject it with some, some young players. And, you know, we talk about the guys that are here now, but the future for Minnesota for the first time in quite some time looks really, really bright because they were finally able to, uh, to reap in some, some draft picks that are usually traded away. So I think that's really what it was. I think walking away from Ryan Suter in addition to Zach um, was more or less just looking at saying, hey, we want to go a different direction. We want to build a new team. We want to focus on the youth here. And uh, that's what we're going to do. I, I mean, the mainstays of the wild blue line that are, have hung around are, of course, Jared Spurgeon, Dumba, Brodeen. You got John Merrill and our old pal Dmitry Kulikov now on that third pairing. Goligovsky um, signed and he's playing on that top pairing. But how's Dean Evison handling all those minutes that Ryan Suter ate up, I mean, who's getting elevated and uh, who did, who are they counting on to step up to take his spot? I mean, naturally, Goligoski, right? And that's not just because he slots in with Jared Spurgeon on that, that top pair, but he has that veteran presence. He's got a calm and steady presence, too. And not to mention, he's not afraid to jump into the offensive zone and, and push the play up. I think that's one thing, not to say, you know, Ryan Suter would slow the pace down, but he did a little bit. And I think Dean Evson is really looking for this Minnesota wild club to now become an offensively powerful team. And, and one that will continue to move the puck. And Alex Galagasi does that. Well, he does that with some speed. Um, so I think he's looking at them. And then I think you're also looking at Matt Dumba and Jonas Brodeen of, second pair that has been together for quite some time. Jonas Brodeen showing that he's able and capable of some offensive output last year. Matt Dumba, always a risk and reward situation when he's uh, taking a clapper from the blue line. But, you know, still, I think you're going to see a little bit more of that spread out between just those top two pairs in general. Uh, still going to be hard because Ryan Suter, again, not everybody can log 22 minutes a game, 23 minutes a game. But uh, I think he'll kind of separate it all out amongst for sure those two pairs. And then even that third, like you said, Kulikov, I know Dean Evson's been very impressed with him and uh, John Merrill fits well there as well. You know, uh, you know, as far as the goaltending goes, I mean, I think everyone knows who's uh, going to be between the pipes when the Winnipeg Jets are going out there. If it's a big game, it's Connor Hellebuck. Um, Cam Talbot and, and Capo Kakinen, who's another player I don't think, you know, we've seen from a Winnipeg side of things. I mean, tell us about the goaltending tandem. Uh, is there a clear cut number one? And how do you see Dean Evison handling the two going forward? 
You know, I think there is. I think you're going to see Cam Talbot get the lion's share this year. Um, you know, toward the end of last year, he really solidified his position in that playoff series with Vegas. I mean, he he stood on his head. Uh, the the tough thing is Kapokakinen looked really, really good when the Minnesota Wild needed to. When Cam Talbot was injured or when he was out in COVID protocol, Kapo stepped in and won them games. He had a winning streak going. Um, but then he looked like what he was and what he continues to be, a rookie goaltender, right? He led in nine goals against Colorado led in nine goals against St. Louis um, and looked shook, you know, frankly. And again, he's a rookie goaltender. So it's something that you could expect, but I think, you know, it looked a little bit more promising for a tandem last year. I think it looked like a very solid one, a one B situation. And now I think you're going to see cam mm-hmm. really be that go-to guy. I mean, he played in back-to-back games in California to kick off the season. The only concern there is with that is his age, right? Can he really carry this team with, playing 62 games and in all the back-to-backs that the Minnesota Wild do have this season. Is that going to be feasible? Is he going to be able to do that? I think you asked Cam and we have, and of course he says, absolutely. He has no concerns and he does take care of himself for, for somebody his age. And like most athletes, he takes very good care of himself. So I think he's preparing for that, but you're going to need Capo to step in and, and, figure his game out a little bit too. And you're hoping that you play him enough games where he's not going to get too cold and also where he can learn. Cause again, he's still classified as a rookie goaltender this season. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic does work this year and how much Capo gets in and, and what he can do when he is in. Hey, what, uh, what's Dean Evison like? And uh, what has maybe characterized the way that he has changed this team? And I can't really mention him probably without Bill Guerin because his fingerprints right. are all over all over it. But, I mean, as far as for game management right now, um, is there a big difference from some of his predecessors? I mean, I think so. I think Dean hates the word locker room culture, but that really is the difference that I feel. I've covered this team now for six years and it just feels like there's just a different locker room presence. The guys are really getting along. I think Dean really takes that to heart. You know, I, he wants these players to be able his, the big joke is he'll always say any wild player can play with any wild player in, in their Jersey. And it's like, well, sure. But why are you putting these lines together? Um, but I mean, to him, that means something. I think he really wants all these guys to feel comfortable with them, be able to slot in. Um, you know, right now he's looking at a situation where he does, he want to move, the lines up and around. He's got some forwards that are not going to get the chance, but he he sticks to what he knows. If it's if it's working, it's working. He's not going to go out there and shake things up too much, which is nice for somebody that has to tweet out the lines all the time. But um, you know, I think he's a guy that remains steadfast. He's he was great at developing youth players, which is perfect for this Minnesota Wild organization. He helped develop guys like Kevin Fiala and uh, in in Nashville and, and in the AHL. So I think that's his big thing, and I think that's what's really working toward his success. Uh, folks, if you're not already following Jesse on Twitter, what are you waiting for? At Jesse with an I underscore Pierce. You can uh, check out her work at NHL.com and uh, the Minnesota Hockey Journal. Hey, before we go, Jesse, I just want to ask you thoughts on the Jets going into this. I mean, what are you hearing from outside of the market about this team, the expectations, and what do you expect to see a team without their captain in an unfortunate circumstance going into a big divisional game tonight? Well, I mean, that's the the toughest thing, right? I think you're, as Minnesota Wild fans, you're a little selfishly happy, like, okay, good, they're without Blake Wheeler. But also as a Minnesotan, they're very bummed that they don't get to see yeah. one of their own Blake Wheeler yeah. on the ice. Um, no, I mean, I think Winnipeg, it's a, it's a deep team again. And I think Minnesota notices that. They recognize that, right? Uh, that's what makes this rivalry so fun. Even though the Minnesota Wild team is, is very different, 
Winnipeg team still kind of similar to what they've seen, and it's going to be a grind. I think it's going to be a fantastic game tonight. I'm excited to see Winnipeg back more often and, and to get that. I'm looking forward to the fans coming down and yelling true north when those borders do open. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the senses, I think Winnipeg, correct me if I'm wrong, it's kind of your window, right? The window is starting to close a little bit. And and I think everyone knows that, that you guys are really going to be coming hard. And, you know, it's it's too early to say a desperate hockey team three games in, but you guys don't want to head back home without a win. So it's going to be a, a heck of a match tonight. Jesse, this was so much fun having you back on the program. I hope you can do this again. We know the Jets and Wild will see a lot of each other, so we'd love to have you back. This was great to have you on the program. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm happy to ha- uh, hop on anytime. Great stuff. We'll do it again soon. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks, you too. Uh, there's Jesse Pierce, NHL.com, uh, at Jesse underscore Pierce. Um, great conversation on the home team tonight the Minnesota Wild. We will head back to the Twin Cities in a little bit. Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press is going to join us. Uh, If you're just popping in a little bit late to the program, um, Jets captain Blake Wheeler out due to COVID protocol. He is tested positive. He is symptomatic. He will be... um, He'll be sitting back in the Twin Cities area. I mean, I guess as good there as anywhere for for Blake, considering where it is where he's from. Um, but just not a great situation for him personally, and certainly for the Winnipeg Jets going into this game. And um, you know, it'll suck to not have the captain there out getting introduced with his teammates, um, welcoming fans back on Thursday night for the Winnipeg Jets home opener. Um, all right, so Mike McIntyre coming up in just a second. Um, uh, we have to give a big thanks to Princess Auto for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Princess Auto, um, you know, family built here in Winnipeg. Now a big company coast to coast, two locations here in Winnipeg, uh, but still supporting things like curling here in the province of Manitoba. Obviously, they do the teammates of the game for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, big supporters of the Gold Eyes as well. Um but, you know, their support of the Mike McEwen rink as well as the Jen Jones rink has been a big, big part of allowing them to chase their Olympic dreams. And, of course, those Olympic dreams are going down next month in Saskatoon where Canada will determine who will represent the country in the Olympics in Beijing. Um, we got a Grand Slam event going on right now. Uh, and I do see that Mike McEwen is going up against Kevin Cooey. A little bit later on, big, big Grand Slam of Curling Masters Championship events right now. But the big one will be a little bit later on. Now, Princess Auto, as I mentioned, two locations in Winnipeg. Uh, They are the spot where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. You can pop by either of the two Winnipeg locations or shop online 24 hours a day at Princess Auto. Dot com. Um, there are going to be a few little brown jugs going down, I think, this weekend between uh, Big Bomber game and, of course, the Jets playing their first two home games as well. There's a link set up on the events page over at littlebrownjug.ca. Uh, you can make an arrangement, talk, find out more about a rental. Uh, really is a fantastic place. And if you haven't been there just for a couple of cold ones with some friends, you can pop by on William Avenue, not to mention bring all the great taste of 1919, the new double, and all the other Little Brown Jug um, products home with you. Uh, and I did make a quick pit stop in last night to BP, checked out that Monday nighter, which we'll get to a little bit later on. Uh, Boston Pizza Lounges are back and they are bumping. No better spot to get together with your pals to watch the big game. Tonight, of course, it'll be the Jets and the Wild. 
Thursday night. You got Thursday night football, Browns, Broncos, and of course the Jets home opener. And then a very busy weekend. And for a lot of Winnipeg fans that are stuck between the Jet game and the Bomber game, we'll probably not go to either. And uh, Boston Pizzas on Saturday night will be a pretty good spot to watch both the Jets and the Bombers at the same time, even though we shouldn't be forced into doing it. Uh, BostonPizza.com for all your online ordering as well. All right, let's get Remus back in here. We are going to uh, bring in Mike McIntyre for a little bit, but um, great conversation with Jesse. She's always been so much fun to have on the program. And I got to tell you, Reem, I'm very intrigued. We've been talking about this quite a bit in the summer, how this Minnesota Wild team looks as opposed to what we remembered the last time the Jets and Wild went is going to be considerably different. And a big, big part of that is the thrill, the man up front, Kirill Kaprasov, the new franchise player for the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, a couple things I got to get to. Um, a lot of love for Jesse in the chat. They liked her background. I don't know if you saw, everyone was wondering about her Minnesota carved uh, cutting board. Was it a spoon holder? Everyone <laughs> speculating. So people liked her uh, her background uh, background game. And yeah, I got to be honest, I've, I made a couple errors. Huh? So I didn't have her audio on when she said hi. And everyone started yelling at me in chat. I'm like, guys, she said hi. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> she said hi. So I had it sorted out after that. And then I did. You didn't hear it, but I did have the LBJ ad audio playing. I added it last night and forgot to forgot to mute it. So my apologies. Uh, my, apo- <laughs> my apologies. Oh, so. yes. I see. Someone's giving you a minus two so far today on yeah, the program. Yeah, it's not. It's not not going so hot. Plus minus is not a real stat. Don't worry about it, Remus. We're not the only ones, though, screwing up audio uh, on live streams. I tuned into the Calgary Flames postgame show. I saw it on Twitter. They had two uh, hot talking heads at the desk recapping the game, and there was some like techno music blaring over it, and they were muted. So I felt I felt pretty good knowing I'm not the only one who can screw up a live stream. That <laughs> but, that must have been my pal Pat Steinberg going at well, it. That, no, that might have just been Pat's uh, Pat's iPod. It was no, it was the official like Flames uh, Twitter page. I saw Ryan Dittrich at the desk. I don't know who. Oh, who the other I guy see. Was. I see. It was yeah. there. It was their team broadcast. And so then they go to Sutter, and on. it's like playing techno music <laughs> instead. I don't know. If, so everyone says I'm going for there you go. Larry Bong says I'm going for the green jacket. Enough about me though. Let's talk about uh, Kirill Kaprizov <laughs> yes. and and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, and someone said, "Hey, are the Jets uh, underdogs?" I believe they are. I mean, Minnesota's won. What won a couple other games the Jets have lost. I'm not saying this is must win for the Jets. I don't think I'm overly panicking, but you'd like to see them get a win on this road trip, get back feeling good, especially a win uh, for the captain, who that's the big story today. He's going to be out for at least uh, 10 days, and that's a big loss. And Andrew Kopp is going to have to try to fill those shoes on the on the first line. I don't know. I don't know. The Jets, do the Jets number their lines, or are those one of their teams? That uh, that say, oh, yeah, no, we don't, we yeah, don't number yeah, the you lines. You think that they number their lines? Yeah, I think they might number their lines more than any team in the <laughs> National Hockey League, to be perfectly honest with you. I can't believe but, you're even asking me that question. <laughs> There's no doubt who the number one line is for the Winnipeg Jets when the game gets going each and every night. And it's the one with Mark Shifley at center. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, listen, the Wilds are 2-0. and I mean, they come into this game undefeated. Um, and the Jets are 0-2, both losses in regulation to teams that a lot of people expected to be bottom feeders this year. Now, two games does not a season make, but I'll tell you what. And you know what? If they were going to win one of the first three games um, and you had to choose, well, you definitely pick the one in the division against the team that you're chasing. 
Um, but I don't think a lot of people expected the team to be 0-2 going into this. And as you mentioned, it's now compounded with the fact that Wheeler is out. The one thing that was interesting, and obviously we were going to talk with Remo with, um, with Jesse about Kirill Kaprasov, who you know will get a lot of attention tonight from both the Winnipeg Jets and fans watching the game. But the guy that I think people will be stunned at how he has, the player that he's turned into, is Joel Erickson Eck. And I wanted to make sure we got to him because he. I was a little surprised when I heard about the, the number that he got on that eight-year deal. Um, but then you go back and you look at what he was able to do last season, the fact that he's now the number one center along with Kaprasov. Uh, might have been a bit of a shrewd long play by the Minnesota Wild to get him done because he's one of those players that did not start off as a superstar. Um, but I'll tell you what, he's gotten better and better every year. And now he's the guy with some pretty big responsibilities on his shoulders from an offensive standpoint for Dean Evison. Yeah, and has they have a couple of guys, um, I think, that take that load. I mean, you you mentioned yeah, Kaprizov, Erickson Ek. But I think through the lineup, they do rely on some of these guys. Uh, Kevin Fiala, I think, is pretty good. He's playing on the third line. And then uh, their second line is Jordan Greenway, uh, Ryan Hartman, Marcus Foligno. Now, we don't see too many of these guys. I guess it is pretty pretty top-heavy. But I remember last year they scored a bit a bit more by uh, by committee. But it's nice to get a look at these guys. We started learning more about other teams. And this is the first of many battles here tonight between uh, the Jets and and the wild and as Jesse said i mean not as many not as many jets fans making the trip over with the uh, you know with the border closed but hopefully we can get to that uh, get to that point soon the, those games I, I will tell you i mean it's so cool to be able to go watch your team on the road mm-hmm. and whether that's going to the bomber road game or whether that i mean seeing the jets i've been lucky enough to to see them in a number of spots but the the minnesota trip for jet fans especially if you can get a game like a Saturday night game or a Friday night game and when the Vikings are in town. Um, it's just one of the great things for sports fans around here to go out and do. The atmosphere at XL is always cranked up uh, a few notches when the Jets are in town, normally because of the amount of fans that will be there. Unfortunately, right now with the situation we're in, that's probably not happening anytime soon. Uh, but with the planned reopening of the border next month, We'll see what happens with the, uh, the the testing that you know you need to have to come back in. Obviously, the cost of that has been somewhat of a barrier to some people doing traveling. Um, but we'll miss the Jet fans in the building tonight. The vast majority of them that would normally go down for the, the games. But I'll tell you what, come very soon, Remo. I think not only will Jet fans be welcomed as much as they can be at visitors uh, on the visitors' road, road um I have a feeling that the Minnesota fans will be welcomed back here in Winnipeg as well. All right, so we're going to hear from Mike McIntyre uh, coming up in a few minutes. Um, but I think we've got the Andrew Kopp audio right now. So let's hear what Kopp had to say. Uh, of course, the team getting ready for a very important game tonight, trying to avoid coming back from their home opener at 0-3. And they'll be doing it without their captain, Blake Wheeler, who is going to be quarantining for the next 10 days in Minnesota after testing positive for COVID-19 with symptoms. Here is Andrew Kopp from uh, just a little earlier after the morning skate. Just having to deal with uh, all kinds of adversity. So what is having Blake in COVID protocol this early <laughs> kind of do? Yeah, I don't know. It's a little, I don't know about scary is the right word, but uh, kind of gives us a jolt that, you know, it is still around. Um, yeah, can't just be, you know, I guess, licking every doorknob and, and doing that kind of thing. So um, I guess, you know, it's 
I guess a little bit of an awakening, possibly. But you know, we still got to go out and play hockey. Um, you know, we're lucky enough to, to have everyone vaccinated. So you know, hopefully that keeps it out. Maybe just that hair more. Uh, you know, some guys have had it. Hopefully that immunity lasts. So uh, just basically trying to trying to treat it as an injury right now. And um, obviously we played some games without Blake in the past. So everyone's just gonna have to step up. When you get one guy, I mean, the fear, of course, is that one suddenly turns into a whole bunch more. So has there been in the last 24 or whatever hours a little bit of kind of everyone's a little nervous? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, everyone kind of stuck to themselves yesterday at the hotel. Uh, you know, you, get, you went for your walk, you know, you called your family, whatever, just kind of just trying to stay somewhat busy. But uh, I think everyone's just a little bit more on edge maybe. But now that uh, I think we got through today at least um, that we're – just trying to concentrate on tonight's game. Uh, you haven't played too many games without Blake because he's such a, an Iron Man for you out there. Mm -hmm. So it seemed like you were spending just a couple extra minutes with, with Mark and uh, and Kyle, pardon me. Um, is that just to get those touches, get that camera? Uh, we kind of do that after every practice, honestly, um, where we kind of do those rims. But, you know, I'm pretty familiar with both of them, obviously, having lived and played with Mark for a while. And then, you know, Casey, we're pretty much... You know, we're the only two guys in Detroit wearing Winnipeg jerseys, so we seem to always be on the same team in the summer, and uh, so we have had a lot of experience doing that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's play with each other long enough, you, you kind of know some tendencies, and uh, it'll be it'll be good to be with those guys tonight. Hopefully, we can kind of catch some fire. It's kind of a unique circumstance, but can you remember even just a, a few years ago we were talking about fourth line minutes and all that sort of stuff, and now when something happens, first line wing, you're the one that's going to come in and do your best to help solve things. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm trying to not think about it too much, you know, just trying to play on a line and trying to produce, you know. I think, uh, you know, even playing with Doobie and Ehlers, like those guys are, you know, first-line guys on a lot of teams. So, um, you know, just trying to do my best to to produce, to to contribute to, to the team winning, and uh, it's kind of all you can ask for at the end of the day. I hate to go back to that topic because you said you just don't like, <laughs> didn't want to think about it. But do you think it could be any... Um, I want to say inspiration to some of the younger guys coming up, like the Hurricanes especially, kind of the best line and looking to establish themselves over and over. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, um, you know, I guess like my past is kind of different than, than most people, even going back into youth hockey and junior and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I just find a way for Paul to f basically have to play, you know, basically force him to, to want you to be on the ice at all times. So that's kind of just all you can do. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've watched a little bit of video there. Uh, yeah, they look a lot different. They're, I think, probably more high-flying, a little bit more skill um, than maybe they used to be. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good test. Obviously, getting back in the Central Division, it's gonna be gonna be nice um, after. I don't know, going basically almost two years without playing in a Central Division game. It'll be nice to get back into that into that fight, into that grind tonight. So, um, yeah, it's kind of relearning a bunch of these teams actually right now. If you're looking for a vehicle, why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not Team? You can see them live at Waverly and McGilvery or find out more online at not.ca. Um, our friends Nick and Nikki are still rocking throughout the winter, even though it's going to be getting a little cooler. Um, but you know that those delicious DQ ice cream cakes make every gathering better. You can go online to DQ Manitoba on Instagram. Hit them up with what you want. They'll get it ready to go. And you can pop in at any of the four Nick and Nikki DQs to pick up quick and easy 
on your way to your gathering. Of course, four locations, the DQ in Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's, all part of the Nick and Nicky DQ group. And when you're there, it's still always a great time for a blizzard, not to mention the most underrated burger in the fast food game, the ultimate grill burger. Trust me, this is something that I know about. Uh, and hey, our friends at Canadian Club will have another great marble race and a giveaway on Friday afternoon. Congrats to Frank, who won our second Canadian Club Winnipeg Sports Talk branded hoodie. Uh, we'll do that. We'll have a little I Love Rye package as well. And the Great Taste of Canadian Club will be available throughout IG Field at the game on Saturday night and is always available at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. All right, let's get back to the Jets. There is a lot to break down with Mike McIntyre coming out of today's morning skate. We welcome Mike back from his travels on the road with the Winnipeg Free Press. Mike, what's going on? How uh, How's getting back on the road been for you? Oh, it's been tremendous. Uh, it, it's been quite a road trip, of course. This is a long one and just the weirdness of how many days there's been in between games, right? Like to have a game, then two days off, another game, two days off. Um, but yeah, made the most of it, Huss. Uh, I flew into Los Angeles actually last Monday and managed to uh, to get to the Dodgers game that night. My first time that I've ever been at Dodger Stadium. And I was there along with uh, 53,000 other Folks, uh, for that game, that was the pitcher's duel, game three against the Giants, that they lost one nothing. So fans didn't have a whole lot to cheer about, but it was a great atmosphere. I, I have no rooting interest in the outcome there, so I enjoyed it nonetheless. And followed that up on Tuesday, I had dinner with uh, with Timu Solani. Sounds <laughs> like I'm kind of name-dropping, right? Uh, <clears throat> I drove out to Laguna Beach, which is just a little slice of paradise out there on the California coast along the Pacific Coast Highway and had lunch or dinner with uh, Timu uh, at his steakhouse that he uh, that he owns and operates in Laguna. And then, of course, the the season opener Wednesday, travel to San Jose Thursday, um, which, you know, there there was a lot of storylines around the team. Got to interview Cole Perfetti's mom and dad in the stands at the Duck Pond for his uh, NHL debut. And then, of course, uh, on to San Jose and the uh, disappointing loss Saturday, on to Minnesota, and, and the news has continued to flow fast with, with the whole Blake Wheeler situation. So, yeah, it's been a long road trip, uh, a productive one, and uh, certainly a newsworthy one as well. And the one thing, I suppose, if you're a Jets fan, that this road trip has not produced <laughs> is a victory, which they will try to uh to write that wrong tonight yeah any points in the standings i definitely folks if you if you missed the 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 bit with um the piece with Tamu Solani and the free press definitely get back and check that out i mean i think all jet fans really enjoyed it it's a really cool opportunity to be able to talk to a guy that is a hockey legend and certainly goes without saying how beloved he is here in this city and just before we get to the jets you mentioned dodger stadium mike I've been there once. Uh, we were on the season-ending road trips. It was early in April with the Jets, and it was in between the Kings-Ducks game. We had a day off. And it was the exhibition game between the Dodgers and Angels. Very forgettable game for many reasons, except for I was in the upper deck during an earthquake. Oh. And uh, Yes, exactly. And seeing the fans, I didn't know what was going on. And then when you see all the people that know what's up start running to the uh, <laughs> to, to the hallway, you know, maybe I should uh, follow that. So I'm um, quite eventful. Well, I didn't get caught in an earthquake. I did, however, get caught in L.A. traffic. And so 
uh, I'll keep this short, but I, I didn't land at LAX until about four o'clock last Monday. The game uh, first pitch was set for six thirty, and so I quickly dumped my stuff at my airport hotel, grabbed an Uber. And I thought, oh, it's only like five miles. This shouldn't take any time at all. Well, of course, it's a Monday afternoon. You got rush hour traffic and you got 53,000 people heading to uh, to Dodger Stadium. So, Huss, we, I spent about an hour and 20 minutes in the Uber. We moved maybe four miles. <laughs> uh, I was had one eye on the clock. We were about 10 minutes away from first pitch and we were still a mile and a half from the stadium and not budging an inch. I finally said to my Uber driver, you know what? I'm out of here. And I I got out of the Uber. I walked the last mile and a half, which the newbie that I was, I didn't realize Dodger stadium is at the top of a mountain. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that mile and a half felt like, Ten and a half miles because it was straight uphill. And last Monday here in L.A., sort of a freak weather system blew into the area. There was like 50 mile an hour winds of which I was walking straight into. Uh, so I ended up only missing an inning. Thankfully, Huss, my um, my fitness regime and dropping a few kilos made that one and a half mile into a gale wind uphill walk a little easier than it would have been i would have needed the paddles the old mike would have needed the paddles yeah that is uh (laughs) i've been there that just thinking about that is exhausting uh but yes you you're far better equipped to handle that sort of thing now uh let's talk about how well the winnipeg jets are equipped to handle the loss of their captain going into tonight's game uh before we even talk about that i mean first off we heard the news yesterday. We got the update today from Paul Maurice. I mean, uh, fill us all in on the current status of Jets captain Blake Wheeler. Yeah, so Blake Wheeler, of course, played those first two games, and he played a lot, Huss. He led all Jets forwards. Uh, I think he probably played too much. Uh, part of that was, um, you know, Blake Wheeler was being used on the penalty kill. He's on the top line. He's on the top power play unit. He was averaging almost 21 minutes a game those first two games, had the one assist, um, on Kyle Connor's goal in game one. Uh, so he was on the team charter on Sunday. The Jets overnighted in uh, in San Jose on Saturday after that game. And Blake Wheeler would have been on the team charter on Sunday afternoon that flew into the Twin Cities. And uh, the Jets had a full day away from the rink. I-, I don't know what all of them got up to. Blake Wheeler, of course, we know he has family here in Minnesota. Did he go spend some time with some family? Perhaps. Uh, but we know that uh, yesterday morning, players, of course, are subject to to regular testing. And the uh, we know Blake Wheeler actually was having symptoms. So this is this is kind of the worst case scenario, Huss. Like there's some guys that test positive that are asymptomatic. And Nathan McKinnon would be the most recent example of that for Colorado. Uh, the only reason he knew he had COVID is because it came up in the test, not because he was feeling anything. Uh, Blake Wheeler, though, we're told a different scenario. He was feeling symptoms, gets tested and test positive, uh, which, of course, triggers a a series of um, of follow up tests. I mean, the the big fear, of course, is that other players may get positive as well. And we saw that last season, right, like where one case quickly snowballed into a whole bunch and you had these big outbreaks. 
Paul Maurice today in at Excel this morning, when I asked him about the sort of anxiety around the team about that, he literally knocked on the wooden podium that was standing right in front of him, you know, knock on, on wood uh, right now, every other Jets player has tested negative. And so it's business as usual for the rest of the club. But uh, we know that COVID sometimes can take a few days, right? And I got to think there are some nervous folks around the team right now uh, because Blake Wheeler, has, he's getting left behind here in Minnesota. He will not be flying back with the team. He will not be able to rejoin his family in Winnipeg for at least 10 days, and he won't be able to rejoin the Jets for at least 10 days. Uh, and that's because under NHL protocol, because he is symptomatic, uh, he is out a minimum of 10, and, and he can only return once he is no longer exhibiting any symptoms. Um, so the hope, of course, is that that would just be 10 days, which would kind of take him to the end of next week, which is about when the Jets will be wrapping up another tour of, of California. Um, but I, I think it's probably likely that Blake Wheeler is going to miss a minimum of, of six games here. And, and the earliest the Jets would be looking at getting their captain back in the lineup would be when they start that season-long seven-game homestand kind of right at the beginning of November. And so for sure, I mean, the, the depth is going to get tested. And as well, Haas, the salary cap situation with this team is going to get tested. The Jets were already carrying one less body, right? Only 22 skaters, not 23, because they don't have the room. Um, I, I don't pretend to know all the manifestations of the salary cap, but I am told that there is going to be some extreme juggling that's going to have to go on here. Uh, if the Jets want to, for instance, replace Blake Wheeler on the roster uh, while he's out. Uh, and so the Jets, I mean, could they face a scenario where they have to play short, uh, depending on other things that go on? Um, maybe. Uh, this is not ideal for many reasons. And of course, a team that's in an 0-2 hole to start here now has to soldier on without its captain. Yeah, uh, you know, Mike, a lot to unpack from that. Um, before we get to the lineup tonight and how things are going to look in the next half dozen games or potentially longer without the captain, just back to the Jets situation. I mean, you outlined it pretty pretty well, uh, but I guess it's safe to say right now the team isn't completely out of the woods. I mean, we know the players that will be playing tonight, um, but I would imagine there will be more testing, and if there's one thing that we've learned from – this insidious virus is that what is the case today might not be the case tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. Right. And for that reason, Huss, I got to think that these guys, they can't get on that charter back to Winnipeg quick enough. Right. I mean, nobody wants to test positive, but if you're going to test positive, you'd much prefer that it happen at home rather than on the road. Cause as I say, Blake Wheeler, he's going to be left behind here. Now, I guess in Blake Wheeler's case, I mean, it, it works out in the sense he's in his home state. Uh, again, not that he's going to be able to socialize with any family here. He's got a quarantine because he's tested positive and symptomatic. But, you know, this is not ideal. And we saw this happen numerous times in the NHL last year. Uh, I'm thinking of Kelly McCrimmon with Vegas in the playoffs. I believe he ended up getting, you know, quarantined in a Montreal hotel room for a a lengthy period of time after he tested positive during the playoffs. Um, so yeah, it's the, it's the reality of, of the world we live in, of course. And 
One thing that's a little different now, though, thanks to vaccinations, Huss, is, you know, all of Blake Wheeler's teammates would be considered close contacts, right? They were on the charter, they're in the dressing room. Um, because they're vaccinated and because of the, the policies in place and because they've all tested negative, like it is for now business as usual for them, thankfully. But you're right. I mean, I would think every every tickle in a guy's throat, every sniffle, you know, for the next couple of days, um, guys are going to be on pins and needles for sure. And um, you just hope that that it ends at one, right? That this is as, as, as far as it goes. Yeah. I, I, I mean, first things first. I mean, uh, I think the main concern of everyone should be the health of Blake Wheeler, right. his family and the rest of the club, um, you know, because this is, uh, I mean, a real issue. I mean, this isn't, you know, oh, geez, he's got a tweak in his leg. Hopefully he'll right. be back soon. I mean, th- this could be a lot bigger. So I, I don't want to lose sight of that. There is, of course, a hockey game tonight, though, and there's going to be half a dozen of them minimum without Blake Wheeler in the lineup. Um, we're going to hear from Paul Maurice after we're finished up here, but I- I'll be honest. I was following your reports and the rest of the gang who had boots on the ground there in the Twin Cities. Uh, if you had told me all the possibility, all the possibilities of the lineup tonight with the absence of Blake Wheeler, the one that I probably wouldn't have guessed would not include Cole Perfetti and would include Nate Beaulieu coming in as a seventh defenseman. Fill us in on what the coach had to say about um, the way this team will look tonight and what they've done in the absence of their captain. I got to think, Huss, in a lot of ways, the addition of Nate Bolio as, as a seventh defenseman and the Jets are only going to address 11 forwards. It has to be to a large degree because of the penalty kill and the idea that Nate Bolio, Paul Maurice wants Nate Bolio out there on the kill, right? We know one thing Nate Bolio does a lot of is block shots. Uh, and uh, he's proven in the past to be pretty adept at, at clearing out the front of the net. The Jets have had some real struggles, of course, through the first two games. They've given up four power play goals against. Um, they're, they're too many shots are getting through. You know, guys are getting sticks on them. You look at those two goals that the Ducks scored in the season opener. They were both tips, um, and the Jets haven't done a very good job of clearing out the front of the net. So, I don't think Paul Maurice wanted to take one of his six regulars out, but I think he wants to get Nate Bolio in to just see what it could maybe do for the penalty kill. So what's the solution? He's not playing the fourth line a whole lot anyways. And if you look, Haas, at the way the, the even the third and fourth lines are constructed right now for the Jets, they got a lot of youth, right? They got guys like Veselainen, like Perfetti, uh, Harkins, um, you know, they, they've had Svechnikov. So those guys, Harkins aside, and he is going to kill penalties, not a lot of penalty killers in that bottom six. And so, you know, Paul Maurice has, has been using guys like Blake Wheeler on the penalty kill and Paul Stasny. Um, and that's not ideal. Again, as I said earlier, I think Blake Wheeler's minutes were way too high in the first two games. Um, but that's because of, of how Paul Maurice was using them. Now he's got to find somebody to take Blake Wheeler's spot on the top power play unit, on a penalty killing unit, on the top line. And again, Nate Bolio is not coming in to replace Blake Wheeler in the lineup. However, he is coming in as another body on the penalty kill. Uh, a little surprised, yeah, that it's Cole Perfetti who comes out. Uh, and Evgeny Svechnikov does come in. So, I mean, there's there's that forward switch as well. Um 
you know, I, I, I like Cole Perfetti's game, both games, and he got a nice chance last game on that third line, uh, you know, playing with, with Adam Lowry and, and Paul Stasny with Mark Shifley's return. So, yeah, a little bit of a surprise for sure. Um, but I think they, they're intrigued by Svechnikov as well and some of what he brings to the table. Uh, and so, yeah, this is going to be an interesting look. Um, you know, obviously the nine, the top nine forwards are going to play some heavy, heavy minutes tonight uh, with only going with the 11 forwards. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, Perfetti's been an interesting topic. And I know everyone loves the shiny new toy and falls in love. And he, he's a very, very, you know, nice young man, very talented. And he's shown some good things so far. I'll be honest. I mean, I didn't think he looked completely out of place, but I mean, I didn't think that there was anything that he did in the first couple of games that jumped off the page that said, no. coach, you cannot take me out of the lineup. Um, so the fact that he's out of the lineup in normal circumstances, I don't know. I mean, I could totally see that. And I expect him to play some time from the moose probably relatively soon. I will admit, though, that just with the circumstances going into tonight's game and the sort of player that is up front and the way that Wheeler plays, right. um, I, I was somewhat surprised that this maybe wasn't um, you know, a bit of a gift to Perfetti going, hey, here's another great opportunity to go in that you know the young man's not going to get tonight, and it's not going to be like at the expense of another forward. It's at a, the expense of a seventh defenseman. Well, so let me take you back to practice yesterday at XL and, and a bit of a goof-up on my part. <clears throat> where I tweeted out uh, the line combos, but also the power play units. And so there, there they were working on the power play yesterday, Huss. And I was kind of sitting at the far end of where the top power play unit, that, that would be the one with Wheeler on it, was doing its work. So I'm looking to see, okay, who's out there in Blake Wheeler's spot on the top power play unit? And, you know, I see Mark Shifley and, and I see Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois. And there was Nate Schmidt who had switched places uh, with with Neil Pionk. Uh, but then I see a guy wearing a blue sweater uh, standing in front of the net and not the biggest guy. So I'm like, oh, Paul Perfetti has been bumped up to the top power play unit. That's a nice little, uh, you know, nice little gift. The captain's not here. You need another offensive player on the top power play unit. So off off he goes. Well, as I looked at it a little longer, I went, wait a minute, that's not Cole Perfetti. That's Riley Nash uh, wearing blue in front of the net. And, you know, so to me, you talk about the Nate Bolio surprise, Huss. To me, the biggest shock is who's taking Blake Wheeler's spot on PP1. Can we even call it PP1 if Riley Nash, no offense to Riley Nash, but if Nikolai Ehlers is on the other unit and Riley Nash is on that unit, I'm going to go ahead and call the Ehlers unit PP1 for now. Uh, but whatever the case, uh, it's Riley Nash, who's a right shot. The Jets don't have a whole lot of those. Uh, and they, they they like, I guess, what he could potentially do net front. I, I'm curious to see how long that lasts. But hey, the power play is 0 for 8 to start the year. So it's got nowhere to go but up, right? Well, uh, for sure. And, and you know what was interesting about Nash being in there? That is a spot in the past that, you know, the coaches put Adam Lowry in at, yeah. at times. And, I mean, again, we haven't seen a lot of Riley Nash. The guy's played two games, and it hasn't been a ton so far. So maybe there's been some things happening in practice that's shown that maybe he'd be a good guy for that spot. But, yeah, uh, put it this way. there: If you did a pool of who's getting into that spot with Blake Wheeler out – 
Uh, I don't think many people would be cashing tickets on Riley Nash going into that uh, PP1 right now. Um, what did you think about the first two games? Uh, you know, I mean, overall, you know, it's hard. And I know you did a piece like, hey, everyone, chill out. Don't right. panic right now. It's two games. That being said, two pretty nice opportunities to get off to a good start that didn't happen. I mean, what were your takeaways from where the Jets are and the situation they find themselves Captain status notwithstanding, going yeah. into uh, you know a game against the Wild, who were two and zero, staring an zero and three return in the face, coming back for their home opener. Which, by the way, they haven't had an zero and three start to a season since that very first season back here in Winnipeg in twenty eleven. And I would say, Huss, the expectations for that inaugural team versus <laughs> this year's squad just a little bit different. Uh, so. The 0-3 start a decade ago versus, say, one this year, um, I think the the pitchforks would certainly be be out. That being said, I, I've liked some parts of the Jets game for sure. I mean, for example, up until the point that it was 2-1 in Anaheim, I, I really like, I thought the Jets were absolutely taking it to the docks as they should, given the disparity in talent on the two rosters. Uh, but then, of course, the the floor kind of fell out from underneath them when they gave up the two power play goals to, to turn a two, one game that it seemed like just a matter of time before they took over uh, into a four, one deficit. And John Gibson was obviously a big part of that. And I see Gibson just kind of did his thing last night in Calgary as well. Newsflash, John Gibson is a very good goaltender and um, he certainly got his eyes. I don't think just on making the U S Olympic team, that matchup with Connor Hellebuck in game one, who everybody's kind of crowned the starter for the American Olympic team. John Gibson seems to be saying, hey, guys, don't forget about me here because uh, he's been amazing to start. And I, I suspect Jets fans are going to get to see Gibson again on Thursday night at the home opener. Uh, the Ducks play tonight in Edmonton. I suspect the backup will get the start uh, on the back to back and then they'll be back to Gibson on Thursday. So great news, Jets fans. Uh, you might be 0-3 and then you get John Gibson again uh, in, in a couple days from now. But yeah, I mean, and against the Sharks the other day, uh, Haas, like there were parts of that Jets game um, that that I really liked. I mean, they get the, the early lead, right? They're up 2-0. Then they go to the power play. And to me, the dagger was that shorthanded goal. That just completely changed the momentum. Andrew Cogliano racing down, scoring the shorty. And again, you know, that really turned the tide of the game. So it's really been a tale of special teams. And I don't think we've seen Connor Hellebuck nearly at his best so far. 53 shots, eight goals. That's very unvesna-like. And, you know, I we talked about COVID, Huss. Uh, I think it's worth bearing in mind that Connor Hellebuck dropped a bit of a bombshell on the first day of training camp in revealing to us that he got COVID at the very end of August and that in his words, it really knocked me out that Connor Hellebuck had to spend a few weeks of when he normally would have been ramping up for his, 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 you know, getting into training camp that he spent it basically uh, vertical uh, or horizontal. Sorry, not vertical. He wasn't vertical. He was, he was in bed. He said he could barely get around. And you wonder, you know, he wasn't really great in the preseason and that's kind of carried over now to his first two starts. Like I know he says he's a hundred percent, but is Connor Hellebuck still maybe feeling the lingering effects of 
what was a very unusual start to his season because of COVID. And, you know, for the Jets, they need him to be better. That being said, they should have enough talent on this team that they should be able to cover for some of his his off nights. And special teams, you know, 0 for 8 on the power play, 4 four power play goals against a uh, game set match really in on both nights. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest I, in my list of worries when it comes to the Winnipeg jets, Connor Hellebuck is way down at the bottom of the power pole. And, and I mean, frankly, I, I came out of the San Jose game in that third period as the jets tried to get back into it, feeling pretty good about Hellebuck. I mean, he made, especially in that third in San Jose, a couple of five-star saves to keep the jets within striking distance. And, um, you know, hey, there's been some weird deflections in. I guess that first goal in Anaheim from a weird angle was one that you'd yeah. like to probably be in a better position. Um, but I certainly don't have any big alarm bells about no. Hellebuck right now, although that could change if, you know, they don't get back into the wind column and they go uh, go go forward from there. Um, but I, w- I will say this, Mike. I think that there's been some, you know, again, it's hard to kind of pick out and say, oh, there's a bunch of really good things when you lose in regulation to the Ducks and the Sharks. Um, you know, all of this is going to play out over the course of the next 80 games. But from the coach's perspective, uh, I, there were some telling things about that Maurice said about his team that, you know, and again, you don't want to sit there and blow smoke and say, oh, a lot of the things that we did well, we do this every right. night, we'll win our fair share of games and move on. But he did talk about, you know, the speed of the game, of the way that his team's playing, kind of lowering down a few notches after brilliant first periods in both games, despite the fact that they were down to nothing to the right. Ducks, um, as well as a connection between the defense and the forwards at times, a big, big gap that's, um, you know, that other teams, opponents have taken advantage of so far early in the season. Yeah, and I mean, they, they turned over, of course, you look at the top four, right? It's 50% turnover. Only Morrissey and Pionk from that top four are back with with Schmidt and Dylan, you know, integrating themselves into the system. Uh, and so I think it's natural. And Nate Schmidt talked a bit about that with us yesterday after practice here in St. Paul, that that it, it, it probably there were going to be some early growing pains here to kind of get everybody on the same page with, with some of these new additions on the back end. Um, but yeah, Paul Maurice said, and I know you're going to play his clip in a bit here where, you know, he said today that there's some things the jets are doing that are not only better than, than last season. He said they're markedly better. So yeah, he's, he's looking, I guess, at the glass being half full as opposed to, to half empty. That being said, he's not, um, he's not, oblivious to the challenges and and certainly special teams is right at the top of that list and now you know with Blake Wheeler missing an action here for the next half dozen or more um, the power play is going to have to get going without you know the, the key puck distributor a guy that certainly puts others in position to have success on the power play uh, so for sure I mean the, the challenge is has been laid pretty bare here for the Jets and uh I think we all looked at the first eight games or so of this season, Huss, as a bit of a softer start to the schedule. And the one game that I kind of had circled is, okay, well, this is going to be the toughest test of them all, was the one tonight here in Minnesota. Uh, so we'll see what the what the Jets can do, if they can kind of rally around some of this early adversity and rally around the fact that the captain isn't here and uh, and come out with, uh, with a point or two um, 
which would be real important, I think, just for nothing else than their psyche right now. You know, I, I know with what you do and what I do, we're talking about every aspect of the team and we can get into the minutiae of the fourth line and the ice time of the third pairing and bringing in a seventh defenseman. But when I look at this game and the challenge facing this team right now, especially without Wheeler in the lineup, there are three guys that I really look at that need to step up and carry this team. Connor Hellebuck, Mark Shifley, and Nikolai Ehlers. Like, we can talk about Svechnikov and how's the fourth line's going to look. Um, to me, Mike, this is an opportunity for these young men that are stars, that are the drivers for this club to, um, you know, to take advantage of a situation where they are really going to be counted on to do something special tonight and, uh, you know, come back to Winnipeg with something to show for this road trip. Yeah, I'd agree on those three for sure. And, you know, one really good sign I thought in game two the other night in San Jose, Huss, um, was a guy that I think potentially is a difference maker for the Jets this year, and that would be Pierre-Luc Dubois. I thought, especially that first period, that was the best period of hockey that I've seen Pierre-Luc Dubois play, not just this season, when we only had, at that point, four periods, but in his entire Winnipeg Jets tenure. Like, he... He was a man possessed in the first period the other day. And I'm not even talking so much his goal. Uh, it was a nice goal and, and you know, going hard to the net like he did and using his body to gain net front presence. All that was great. It's kind of everything else he did. Like the puck was following him around uh, and he just looked like a really, really confident player. And kind of like the rest of his team, I think as the game went on, you know, maybe he faded a bit, but my goodness, if they could get that Pierre-Luc Dubois sort of more consistently to appear, um, that takes some of the pressure off losing a Blake Wheeler or if if uh, Mark Scheifele or Nikolai Ehlers or Connor Hellebuck aren't at their best on a given night, you got some of those other guys that can pick up the slack. And Pierre-Luc Dubois certainly looked like he's ready to take on a, a bigger role, and that's good because the Jets sure could use it. Uh, here's an interesting question from Rob Somerville, Mike. He asks us, hey, what's the logic for having Wheeler killing penalties? We have forwards that are specifically meant for this. I I guess I understand the question, but, I mean, to me, the answer is pretty simple. They weren't getting it done. (laughs) I mean, and and often when things are struggling, Paul Maurice will lean on some of the guys that have got it done in the past, and Blake Wheeler's been a guy that has said yes to whatever has been thrown his way. Um, To me, it was sort of like trying to, you know, stick a couple uh, holes in the leak. For sure. And I think if you look, Huss, like the, the unit that's been torched the most through the first two games on the penalty kill is Winnipeg's most reliable penalty killers. That would be Andrew Kopp and Adam Lowry, the guys that you don't really worry about, right? Um, Automatically so, in, throw them out first every time. For sure. So look, I mean, penalty killing is not about speed. And Blake Wheeler and Paul Stasny are not going to torch anybody anymore at their age with their with their wheels. Um, it's about, you know, reads and certainly, you know, smart hockey players often make for very good penalty killers, right? Guys that know where to be and and you know, getting in shooting lanes and passing lanes. And I don't think anybody would question that Blake Wheeler and Paul Stasny are two very heady hockey players with a lot of miles on the odometer between them. So I get what Paul Maurice was, was thinking in the absence. And, and don't forget, I mean, the Jets lost three big penalty killers in the off season. 
uh, Nate Thompson and Trevor Lewis, who weren't re-signed, and Mason Appleton, who became a prolific penalty killer with the Jets. He went to Seattle. Who did they replace those three guys with? Well, the only free agent forward that got signed this year was Riley Nash, and he's been used on the on the penalty kill. Uh, but the Jets are looking internally, and it was a theme throughout the preseason, and it continues to be a theme early in the new season here, to find some guys that can step into that role. Ideally, yeah, you wouldn't be using Blake Wheeler because you don't want to be using a guy who's on your top line and on your top power play unit. It just adds to the minutes. That's where you'd like some fourth liners. Uh, but right now, Evgeny Svechnikov, Christian Veselainen, Cole Perfetti, those guys are not seen as penalty killers at the NHL level. And so you've got to tap into maybe some areas that in the past you, you wouldn't have. Mike McIntyre, uh, boots on the ground in the Twin Cities. He'll be at the XL Energy Center tonight in St. Paul, Minnesota uh, for game number three of 82 for the Winnipeg Jets. They look to salvage something from the season opening road trip and come back with a couple in the bag before hosting the Ducks on Thursday night for the home opener. Hey, Mike, before we go, um, I had a great chat with Jeff Hamilton yesterday uh, from the Freep, and we were talking Bombers and we were talking Jets, and at the end, I was going to do this myself but I brought Jeff in and I wanted his perspective and I'll ask you as well. I'm not sure if you caught it yesterday. I'm completely bent by the fact that Winnipeg fans have to choose between a home bomber game and a home jet game at the exact same time. I understand conflicts with road games and stuff. That's one thing. But in this market, um, with the amount that so many of these teams depend on many of the same people for the support with season tickets, it makes no sense. And to me, it's totally avoidable. Um, you know, I made the example yesterday. I mean, you think the Sabres are playing at the same time that the Bills have a home game right. or the Steelers or the Penguins and the Steelers? Of course not. I would say probably the Wild with the, the Vikings as well. There's been some times where they'd have a night game after an early Viking game and fans can do both. Why do you think this is? Is this just the TV networks going counter program each other, going head to head with absolutely total disregard for the people that at the end of the day are the customers of the teams that will suffer as well as their customers at the end of the day? Yeah, in a nutshell, yes. I mean, Saturday's Jets game is is a Sportsnet game and, and the Bomber game, of course, is a TSN product. And so I don't think either side was willing to sort of bend and, and maybe make an accommodation for the other. But you're right, it's sports fans in this market that lose out, whether it's, you know, I, I think back, and you probably did this too. I remember being a kid and going uh, to a bomber game on, on an afternoon and then right over, you know, just cross the parking lot over on Maroons Road over to a Jets game. And it was an epic sports it's the day. Best. Some right. of my best memories are from those For days. For sure. And so there, there is every opportunity here to make Saturday an epic sports day. You could have had the Bomber game early in the afternoon, which, by the way, I'm looking at the forecast, like it's going to be about five degrees on, on Saturday. Uh, five degrees at one o'clock in the sunshine would feel a heck of a lot nicer than it will at six o'clock when the sun is setting. Um. I mean, you could have allowed people if they wanted to attend both games or if they wanted to attend just one or if they wanted to just watch both on TV. Unfortunately, now you got to choose. And yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's funny, Hus, you were having that discussion on your program yesterday. 
trust me, we were having an animated discussion down at XL at the Jets practice, a bunch of us over that very topic as well. And none of us could understand. Um, I got to think that the team that's going to hurt the most is, is got to be the Bombers. Um, that it's, it, I, I'd be curious to see what the attendance is going to be, but I got to think that it's taking potential sales away from the Bombers again, just because of the fact that it's now an evening game. And some people may say, why do I want to go, you know, at six o'clock on what's not going to be maybe the nicest weather day. Uh, and then there's a Jets game on, I'll just watch, I'll flip back and forth. I'll watch both on TV kind of thing. So, I mean, I would have thought the Bombers more than any, I mean, let's be clear. The NHL and the CFL don't sit down. The schedule makers don't sit down and check with each other. Yeah, but the CFL schedule was well made well in advance, and it was out. When, and first of it all, was. they put out the dates, and then they made the times. I mean, this was no, – the Bomber game was set in stone. Everything was finished up, and they oh, they've got a game this day. We're putting it at the exact same time. And I do, I do wonder if the Bombers have just said, you know what, we're not going to back down here. We're going to stick to our game time. But again, you know, is it going to end up costing them – some some sales. Well, probably. here's the thing. It's part of a it's part of a CFL triple header that day. So yeah. I mean, there's three games back to back to back. A three, they would have a to six, move other a nine. Games. So it, it, exactly. But uh, you know how how that game. And again, I've been sitting here saying, you know, we as Winnipeg fans, I mean, we never get the Saturday nights, and then they decide, oh, we'll give you a couple Saturday nights. We'll do it at the exact same time that your football team, that's nine and one, getting ready to clinch a home game to go to the Grey Cup, is playing at the same time. And you know, it just seems like it is an. And, and listen, I get it. Are the Leafs programming around the Argos? Well, no. no. Or the Habs doing it around the Alouettes? No. But, you know, in some markets, there are things that really do matter to fans. And and you mentioned that the Bombers are going to be the ones that will lose out of this, for sure. It is a lose-lose situation, and make yeah. no mistake about it. And And here's what's a little different with the Jets this season, is that there has been... I said this on yesterday's program at the end two seasons ago when things were going it was way I guess if you have tickets, you know, before it, you know, oh, you can't make a game. Uh, you can sell them. No problem. Right. I mean, there was the law of diminishing returns. The demand had finally kind of evened up with the supply if the supply wasn't a bit higher than demand. And I really thought there was going to be a huge reckoning for the organization at the end of that year. And then the pandemic happened. Yeah. Well, I think we are still seeing it. I, I do sort of believe that the blow might have been softened a little bit by the time away. People didn't have to make that decision. And I think maybe a few more kept it. But I'll be honest, dude, I was just on Ticketmaster looking for the home opener and Saturday's game. And let's just say that plenty of good seats are still available. And, um, you know, we've seen, I can tell you as a season ticket holder, it certainly seems like the Jets' as an organization have realized this yeah. um, and have really, you know, ramped up things to make their customers feel appreciated. But I, I got to tell you, there's a lot of people that have a real bad taste in their mouth and, you know, whether they blame the Rogers, whether they blame the Jets for saying, you know, like, hey, hold on a second, we don't want to do this, or the Bombers for agreeing to a six o'clock game in the first place, well before we knew what the schedule is. Yeah. I don't really know. There's probably a lot of blame maybe to be go around. But the bottom line is it is a lose-lose situation for both teams that need to sell tickets, leaning on the same people to do it. And and I do wonder, come next year for both clubs, but the Jets as well, not just the Bombers, if people are going, you know what, I'm having a harder time getting rid of my tickets, and then I get served up a few days where I can't even use them both, right. am I renewing? And uh, 
I'll tell you what, you know, customer retention is going to be massive for both of these teams going forward if they want to continue to be successful and move forward going forward. Because I'll tell you what, it's a different day for Jets and the Jets tickets in this market right now heading into this weekend than really at any point, I think, in the first 10 years of the franchise returning. Yeah, it is. We we didn't see things like uh, mini packs and, uh, you know, single game availability the way it How is about now ads for tickets just right. straight up. How about spending a dollar on trying to sell tickets like yeah, they didn't have so, to do that before. Now they do. Know, the product sold itself for that first decade for sure. And we know there was a massive waiting list. We know that is no more. And and so for sure, I mean, there's a lot of work that has to be done. And you're right. Uh, Having a situation like we're going to see this Saturday in Winnipeg, what should have been an absolute magical day for sports fans in this market uh, now is a scheduling nightmare and it's, it's stupid and there's no reason for it. And uh, obviously now I guess it's too late to do anything about it, but uh, I don't blame anybody who's unhappy uh, about that situation either. Yeah, well, guess what? We're going to have the same damn conversation in two weeks when the exact same thing happens again between these two clubs. And I know a lot of stuff's been brought up about December 5th, West Final, 3.30. Bombers also hosting the Leafs at 6 p.m. I'll give them a pass on that. That's a playoff game. You don't know who's going to be in, and there's always the potential. And at least it's not at the same time. I mean, at least you got two and a half hours and you you might, if you want to do both or you have tickets to both, you might be a bit, a little bit late for the hockey game or you leave the football game early, depending on what's going on. But I mean, it's just distasteful and it's frankly insulting to Winnipeg sports fans to have both of the two main franchises going head to head. Um, You know, if there's 4 million people here and there's enough to fill both buildings, I mean, it still sucks, but it's not as big of a deal. But this is actually going to affect both of their bottom lines. And it it blows my mind that we're now at this point after having the Jets back for 10 years and still having conversations like this. Because I can tell you, like I said before, they're not talking about this in Buffalo or Pittsburgh or Minnesota or other places because they wouldn't think of having a home game at the same time that the football team was actually in action because so many of their customers are the same people. And we just all get along. I mean, that's the that's the bottom line here. As you say, it's a lose lose for fans. I guess for fans, though, both teams. Hopefully, it'll be a win win at least on the scoreboard. Uh, one t- one of those two teams has could probably use the win a little more than the other. Um, the, the Bombers, they'll be fine. I don't think there's any worry about them. Although a win would obviously uh, clinch the West final, and and you know it's inevitable that that's going to happen anyways. But yeah, we'll see where the Jets stand. Uh, whether they're you know two and two or zero oh and four, uh, whatever the case may be, they they could use the win uh, in a big way. I'm sure come Saturday night. No doubt about it, Mike. Thanks so much for the time. This is a great chat as always. Uh, fill people in. I'm sure you'll have a full game report from tonight from the Twin Cities, and then back in the peg, getting ready uh, on the Jets beat for these two home games. Yes, uh, got a lot of laundry to do when I get home tomorrow, <laughs> Huss. So, uh, <laughs> but I will be at the home opener on on Thursday. Looking forward to. Uh, I mean, we got a taste, of course, of fans back in the building uh, for the preseason, but the atmosphere for preseason, I think, and I've seen it on these on these first two road games. It's been electric. There's really been a playoff feel to these games, and I suspect it's going to be even more so tonight in the state of hockey. Minnesota is such a great hockey market. Uh, they're 2-0 and to start the year. Should be a great atmosphere, and I suspect we'll see that on uh, on Thursday night in Winnipeg as well. Mike, thanks so much for the time. Great chat. Uh, you travel safe, and uh, we'll see you back here in the peg. You bet. Take care.
There he is, at Mike McIntyre, WPG. That's Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg Free Press. A great chat with Mike. The latest on the Winnipeg Jets. Blake Wheeler's status out for tonight. Quarantining in Minnesota for the next 10 days. Um, we'll miss a significant part of the next couple of weeks and potentially more. And then maybe the most concerning thing about it is just, I mean, the fact that, you know, luckily they're all vaccinated, but, um, you know, he was a close contact. And I think as we've seen what's happened before, I mean, no guarantees that this is the end of it right now. Uh, but certainly, fingers crossed, that is the case. Um, all right, big thanks to Mike for coming on. That was an awesome chat. Great to see everyone with us here in the uh it, 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 with us live on YouTube. If you haven't already, folks, do us a favor, hit that thumbs up button. And uh, geez, we're well over 300. If you're new around here, um, welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk. We do it every day, live on YouTube at one o'clock in your podcast feed in and around 3.30 in time for the drive home. Uh, but make sure to hit that red subscribe button and join us daily uh, with the big stories around the sports world, but focusing in on our Winnipeg teams, uh, Bombers, Jets, of course, the ice number one team in the Western Hockey League right now, Moose with their home opener on Friday, uh, Moose have Laval tomorrow night and then are back here, uh, Bombers, Gold Eyes off right now, um, but lots going on, uh, both AHL, WHL, NHL, CFL, it's all happening right here at Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, let's get Remus back in here for a minute, and then we'll play Coach Paul Maurice. We will get to the cool bet lines, a couple of NFL notes, and maybe even a funny NBA story that's going on right now. But, um, you know, Remo, Mike's always great to have on the program. It, it was great to get, like, an eyewitness report of what's happening in and around the team. But I got to tell you, the one thing, I and mean, he mentioned how nervous people were going into today, um, that is the point that really sticks with me through all of this. I mean, uh, I don't think this is a case closed. One guy got it and he'll quarantine. Um, going to be a nervous next 48, 72 hours, I'm sure, for the entire organization. Yes, I can't imagine um, going to the U.S. Uh, on a work trip and then being stuck there for 10 days. Thankfully, you know, if you're going to be stuck somewhere, good to be the state. Uh, where you're from, if you're Blake Wheeler, but even still, not being able to go home uh, to your family, not being able to, uh, you know, be part of your of the team, your work, um, that that sucks. And come, you know, on top of that, whatever symptoms that he's feeling and whatever long term effects he may have. So uh, hopefully, it's you know minimal. We'll have to wait and see when until we hear from him. But I agree, yeah, and especially for the team, like you want to make sure you're okay as well. And you know they are getting tested, and so it seems like. You know, they're on the right track, but I guess not out of the woods yet. And for the game tonight, no Blake Wheeler, and they won't have him. Mike said he thinks six games. Huss, that's a long time to not have your captain. And this is a guy who never misses games until um, well, last, last season. He had a rib injury. So I don't want to. I don't want anyone to hop in chat. Oh, Blake Wheeler's getting old. He's injury prone. Now, this is not obviously not a, uh, a hockey-related injury. Oh, the guy's been an injury. Iron Man. You yes. know, I, I'm going to stump for the captain for a minute because I know there's been a lot of talk about, you know, his spot on the top line and, you know, the amount that he was playing. Well, a big part of that is the fact that they were chasing the first couple of games. Um, you know, he's earned a spot and the trust of Paul Maurice, you know, over the course of, you know, the last nine seasons playing for him. And please don't come at me whether this is a, a win for the Jets or anything like that. I mean, we can debate where he best fits in the lineup. Uh, but the Winnipeg Jets are a much worse hockey team without Blake Wheeler in it. We can debate on how the coach should put the lines together. And that's a fun part of sports talk. Uh, but this is a, this is a, a serious personal issue certainly something that's going to affect the team off the ice and on the ice um you know his absence will be felt tonight 
So I hope that he's able to get back in the lineup real soon. Um, but first and foremost, I hope that, you know, he doesn't have major symptoms. I mean, this is the thing. Um, you know, we don't know how bad this is going to hit Blake Wheeler. I mean, we know that he has to quarantine for 10 days. But what if this really gets him? Um, you know, that, that could be a much bigger issue for him personally. So let's think about the person first. We'll see what happens on the ice tonight. Um, but as I said to Mike Remo, uh, to me, I'm looking at three guys to step up tonight, make something happen, and help their team win a hockey game. Connor Hellebuck in net, Mark Scheifele, and Nikolai Ehlers. These are the team's best players. These are the guys they're going to need. We can spend all the time we want to talk talk about Cole Perfetti not being in the lineup or who's on line four or who's playing with Adam Lowry. These are the guys that are going to get it done tonight if the Winnipeg Jets are going to come back with a win. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, special teams going to be huge. Haven't scored a power play goal yet. Penalty kill. Uh, they're six for 10 killing penalties. Nikolai Ehlers, uh, you know, I keep picking him on DraftKings to score points. You have to think it's going to come the way That's he's playing. That's a lot playing. of shots. He, he had a ton in the first game. Um, the second game was uh, Dubois. Uh, Dubois was the one that line cop scored as well, shorthanded. And, yeah, Mark Schreif, I agree with you. They need those guys to, uh, you know, score some goals, but also keep the puck out, out of the net. So uh, we'll wait and see. I, and one thing I see a lot of people, co- you know, complaining about Andrew Kopp being elevated to line one. I mean, give him a shot there. I mean, you look at the Maple Leafs, Huss. They've been rocking, what, Nick Ritchie with Marner and Matthews, and they have, what, Bunting with Nylander and Tavares. Yep. So they're also, I mean, other teams going for the balance approach. People were freaking out about, for a while about, like, Chris Kunitz uh, with, with Crosby. I mean, I think, you look, you have your <laughs> two elite guys. New. Yeah, you have, you have your two elite guys, and you have your defensively responsible two-way player with a uh, cop with um with Shifley and and Connor. So and look if it doesn't work, the line blender will come out. Maybe they do give Ehlers a shot there, or maybe Ehlers and Dubois with Stasny, you know, they get elevated because they're hot. So we'll wait and see what happens. Uh, but I, what? I see a lot of people up, up in arms about that one. Or maybe that they didn't give uh Perfetti a shot with some skilled players, which I'd like to see I'd like to see at some point as well, but maybe they felt that he's not ready. I I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's pretty clear, um, you know, the fact that he's not in. And as I said to Mike, I would have been fine with giving him another game and maybe even pop in. But, I mean, it would be more because of the circumstance. I mean, I, I'd love to say that, you know, he's just jumped off the page and he's played so well that you can't not have him in mm-hmm. that role. But I think that would be disingenuous. And, um, you know, well, listen, you know, Perfetti is going to have a great career. He'll be in the lineup at a certain point. I'm just not sure that right now is that time. And again, it doesn't matter what I think, but Paul Maurice has been pretty clear with his lineup decisions tonight. Going with 11 forwards, Svechnikov's back in, Perfetti's out, and it will be 11-7 and seven with Nate Beaulieu. So let's hear what the coach had to say. He spoke after the morning skate earlier today in the Twin Cities. Here is Winnipeg Jets coach Paul Maurice with the latest on the captain, Blake Wheeler, and uh, what this means for his hockey team. Still searching for win number one tonight at the XL Energy Center. So Paul, uh, obviously with the news about Blake, um, what's the, the feeling, the mood around the team to have the captain go down so early? Yeah, yeah, you know what, I thought it was a little bit tight yesterday. Uh, well, we had to bump practice back a few minutes just to make sure all the other tests came back. So, And then I thought we were good this morning, kind of over it and moved on and uh, ready to go. We saw last year bunch of teams where one case quickly snowballed into a ton of cases. Um, that was pre-vaccination. Yeah. Um, so it, it, 
would there would it be fair to describe it as there's some nervousness around the team? I, I don't I don't feel it. It's been part of the world, so this is so we've kind of lived with it. I mean, we are you know tested every day now, and and you know the masks are on all the time. So you, I mean, if if it is, it's one of the 10 other the distractions that you will face over the course of an NHL season, so you just deal with it, right? Whether it's your time zone changes, all of those other things that are just factors in all teams. Um, you just deal with it. Um, and obviously, to now have to have Blake separated from the team, there's a lot of ways to stay in touch. I mean, would it be the thing, would you be the guy kind of still talking at Well, I, I think we... Uh, focus on just today the guys that are playing kind of on an off day and then we'll make sure that he gets lots of phone calls as soon as he's feeling 100 percent and yeah. we give him a hard time about it for sure um nate bolio is going to yeah we'll go 11 and 7 tonight 11 and 7 okay so yeah no is in i'm gonna take cole out tonight okay i'm gonna change that uh kind of lowry line in in terms of what it does and then uh, I want to leave Svetch on the right side because that's, that's where he's most comfortable. How much was made sort of about summertime acquisitions? I, I remember at camp the move was so positive. Yep. The vibe was so good. And now it's 0-2 in adversity with the captain. Now a little bit of an early test. How does that feel right now? We're, everybody's getting it one, at one time or not, so deal with it right now and, and early. Um, I don't feel any differently about our acquisitions, about what our team can do well. Um, there's about three or four parts of our game that are really, really good, and they're better than they were last year, and and markedly so. So there's confidence in that, and then there's the, you know, kind of what we're doing with the puck from the tops, the circles out, and and our offensive game. We don't love a whole lot. So special teams clean those two things up, get those tightened up, and then our five on five game I think is going to grow pretty quickly. So the message obviously is, is the same no matter who is in and who's out of the lineup, but uh, I guess. Well, the message changes because there's things in your game that have to get better, right? So you're, you're, we're not walking in and say, hey, these three things were good, two games, let's just do those and everything's fine. There's, there's a place that we got to get after here um, and, and get our pace up and get some of that grind going. It wasn't in those two games. They weren't that kind of game. But I think tonight is we're back the first real central division game we've had in a couple of years. Uh, feels like, and I think this is going to be a banger and, and a grinder, and it's exactly what we need to do to get back into our game. Now there's been a couple of games, so have you been able to see video and get a more accurate read than you would have? Right, for sure. You get to see all these teams, but there's a big transition in the style of just systematically from Minnesota from, and then a whole big changeover in bodies on both teams since the last time we got together. So uh, the lots of new in the game for both teams, and but we at least have been able to see it. So you'll see Nash come out earlier in the rotation and Harkins come in. All right, so there's the coach, Paul Maurice, uh, with his comments from earlier today. Uh, Remo, I know you loved. You got the first time zone mention of the year in there on that. Um, but, you know, really, I mean, serious situation with the captain. They'll deal with it right now. Um, you know, as Marat mentioned, <laughs> I don't think anyone sort of saw 0-2 and dealing with something like this on the first road trip of the year. Um, but at a certain point, you got to tackle this stuff head on, and we'll see what the Winnipeg Jets have tonight when they drop the puck just past 7 o'clock at the XL Energy mm-hmm. Center. Yeah, the last two games for the Jets, real tough ones. They're in the West time zone. They're now having their first real Central Division game. Body clock's more used to it, so I know the Jets are an underdog, but 
you know, playing in Central, I think you have a better, better, their percentage chance of winning on the models uh, definitely goes up playing in this time zone than the West. For sure. Is that too? Uh, we'll have fun. With I saw that. Zones. I am pumped to see the first divisional game, though. And, and just to see the Wild again. We talked a lot about them last year as this team that did not really resemble the old boring Wild team of the past. Mm-hmm. Kaprasov's been a big part of that, the development of Erickson Eck. Uh, but I got to tell you, it is going to be weird to see that team uh, without Ryan Suter patrolling the blue line for 25 plus minutes. I mean, literally, he has been a mainstay um, for just about every single Winnipeg, Minnesota game. Um, for the past, whatever, seven years. Yeah, the one thing um, I, I agree with you, I mean, C-Mac was in chat, uh, he's a Montreal fan, but he's like, who's the Jets' biggest rival? And, like, I'm not really sure, but I would probably say, you know, normally Minnesota, because, you know, they're in the division, uh, you have that geographic uh, proximity, and it was great, you know, talking with Jesse earlier, hearing, you know, a bit inside the wild, is we haven't really seen them in like a couple of years here, and they are going to be matching up. They could meet again in the playoffs because the NHL has this ridiculous uh, divisional playoff format. But they're going to be battling all season for I don't want to say for second place, but for you know stand, for standings position in the division. So uh, I am excited to you know see uh, see Kaprizov as well. So it'll be I think it'll be fun. And again, first of uh, many. Hey, the two points in game three count just the same as the two in 82. So um, these are big points in the division against a divisional rival, compounded by the fact that the start of this road trip and the start of this season has not exactly gone the way the Winnipeg Jets like. Well, you mentioned they are an underdog. Let's get to the cool bet lines for tonight. Uh, Wow, ton of games tonight in the National Hockey League. Big slate. Winnipeg is a plus 140 underdog to the Minnesota Wild. The Wild minus 167 and the Wild plus 159 on the puck line of minus one and a half. And the total on this game is six. Uh, Let's see, do we have any, uh, we have some props here. How about player goals? Who's going to score tonight? Kaprasov and Kyle Connor at the top of the list at plus 130. Uh, Mark Scheifele's two to one. Nikolai Ehlers plus 220. Here's Pierre-Luc Dubois, plus 350 for Dubois. Stastny, 3-1. to one. Uh, Cole Perfetti's plus 380. Don't pick that. He's not mm. playing tonight. Not in the lineup. Um, uh, you can get all the uh, options on uh, individual player pops and more over at Cool Bet Canada. Other games tonight, we've got the Canucks, minus 152 favorites over the Sabres in Buffalo. Habs a favorite at home to the San Jose Sharks, minus 156. The Kraken, Pretty big underdog taking on the New Jersey Devils, plus 124 for Seattle. Uh, Jersey minus 143. Pittsburgh's a 120 favorite over Dallas. Tampa Bay minus 128 over the Panthers. Uh, Colorado minus 115 favorite over the Capitals on the road. Blue Jackets, bit of a road dog, plus 102 taking on the Detroit Red Wings. I like Columbus in that game. And the Islanders and Blackhawks, something's got to give. One of these teams will get a win tonight. The uh, Blackhawks plus 101 at home. The Islanders minus 119. And uh, a couple other late games. Oilers hosting the Ducks. Oilers a massive favorite. Ducks played last night. John Gibson will rest. Minus 263 for Edmonton. And the Preds minus 152 favorites. Home to the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, pretty good slate of games tonight, Remus. And I know you were mentioning that we do have the uh, the DraftKings contest right now. Uh, the link's been thrown out in chat. Maybe we'll do that one more time and see how things are going. I'm just checking out right now, and it looks like we have 
coming up uh, 19. So there's 11 spots out of 30 available right now. So if you do want to get in the contest, get in the link, play with us, 30 people for our DraftKings slate of games tonight. Now we do have the uh, Thursday nighter up at Coolbet as well. The Broncos, three and a half point underdogs on the road against the Browns. Um, and speaking of fantasy, Remus, people are going to be jumping at the waiver wire right now. Nick Chubb ruled out for Thursday. Kareem Hunt out for Thursday. We're going to be uh, going deep down the Browns depth chart at the running back position. Of course, Baker Mayfield still iffy for the game uh, because of what he's dealing with right now. Yeah, interesting. Uh, you got to go grab those running backs. Very scarce. I know you mentioned waiver wire. I thought you were going to mention uh, hockey if you're in a pool. Uh, Jordan Cairo was available. I scooped him up over the weekend. He had a huge game yesterday for the Blues playing on the second line with um, oh, he's with Shen and uh, oh, uh, Buchnevich. So uh, that was I was watching that game. But yeah, a lot of hockey games tonight. We are cutting. What, and we didn't even mention the Monday nighter. I was Last just night. about to there's get a to couple, that. There's a couple topics we got to get to. Uh, one, on, you know, involving a player who wears number nine, and uh, the Monday Nighter oh. as well. But uh, that Bills Titans might have been game of the year. I think uh, it, it was. Um, well, I, yeah, yeah, it would lead, be a lot, lot of lead changes. Man, Derrick Henry's long touchdown run. <laughs> oh my God, he just hit the hole and he was gone. No one touched He's him. Incredible. It was seventy six yards. I mean, he is. Um, uh, but here's the thing. I was mentioning to the guys I was watching the game with last night that the primetime games in the NFL this season, uh, it almost is like they're scripted by Vince McMahon or something. I mean, they have been so good. Right back to the first game between the Raiders and Ravens, um, it seems like every single week we've had one or two just insane primetime games. And last night was no different. Um, I got killed this week. This was the market correction. I had such a killer yeah. <laughs> first five weeks. Started off with the dirtiest backdoor cover ever by the Eagles on Thursday night. The Cowboys-Patriots game I addressed yesterday. And then all we needed was the Bills to win by three. The lock shop partner parlay would have cashed. And uh, it looked pretty good right up until Josh Allen got stuffed on that fourth and one with 20 seconds left. I mean, at minimum, they could have kicked the field goal and tied it up. I got why Sean McDonough was going for it. Um, anyways, big win for the mm -hmm. Titans. Tough loss for the Bills. And the AFC gets a little closer right now. But the Ravens, after that loss to the Raiders in that wild one in week one, just keep on winning. And a really impressive win this week when they absolutely crushed the L.A. Chargers. Um, what's the latest on Ben Simmons in Philadelphia? Oh, I forgot about Ben Simmons. I thought you were going to ask me about um, Kane, but uh, oh, I think well, he... Vander. Yes, I guess we. I guess we didn't talk. We about haven't that touched on because it happened afterwards. I mean, well, Vander's done for twenty-one games. He gave out a very nice comment afterwards, put out by the NHL Players Association, apologizing to the organization, his San Jose Sharks teammates, and everyone. Uh, you know what? I'll give him credit. You know, he owned it. He's not appealing it. Uh, this is a pretty significant suspension. that's going to cost him $1.7 million. And I think we all know Evander needs the money right now. Um, but he's going to be out at what was interesting at the end of the statement. Remus was, he said, he's going to use this time to become a better person, blah, blah, blah. And looks forward to coming back and playing hockey again. What he didn't mention was coming back to the San Jose Sharks. And uh, Kevin Kurz at The Athletic today had a pretty interesting piece speaking about how, you know, in, in the Sharks world, 
they have moved on from Evander Kane right now. And um, I'm still wondering, I have a great conversation with people all the time. Where's Evander Kane's next game? Is it in the National Hockey League or somewhere else? Um, and I'm not really too sure where that is. One good thing for Evander Kane, you know, for him personally, um, was he was, I'm not sure whether exonerated, but the uh, the accusations, there's been a bunch of things that have come from his wife, um, you know, when it comes to anything assault related or domestic abuse could not be corroborated. And it sounds like that's pretty much it on that. But, um, you know, the the mess that Evander Kane's life turn, has turned into um, got an update yesterday with uh, a very costly 21 game suspension for using a fake vaccine card. Just another one on the incredible docket of all the mistakes Evander Kane's made. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, you know, we talked about his, you know, summer where, you know, he filed for bankruptcy, has got a gambling problem, his teammates hate him. Uh, he's getting divorced from his wife, and there's some serious allegations there. And now you submit a fake vaccine card, and then you get suspended from your job that you need to pay your creditors for 21 games. I mean, this guy is what? Is he 30 years old? And he's, st- you know, 10 years later after leaving Winnipeg, still hasn't figured this out. Uh, it's really sad, but it's also at the same time, it's hard to feel bad for him because the guy, you know, keeps doing dumb things and it's really hard us to be this dumb over and over and over and we've heard from Kevin Kurz his yep. te- his teammates hate him they they don't want him back how much more fun the locker room is without him so i don't you know i'm sure the sharks are looking at ways to get out of that contract and i was reading Kevin Kurz in the athletic he's like well one of the biggest mistakes the gm Doug Wilson made was signing Kane and letting Joe Pavelski go who's been great for Dallas so uh, yeah, I, that, I mean, that, that I, didn't do a lot for the no, team culture of the Jose Sharks from all accounts. It's really, really hard to be this to be this stupid over and over over this period of time. And you know, we post the the com. You know, you know, he played here a long time ago, and you know, he made comments about the people of Winnipeg, but it was clearly a, a him problem, not not a Winnipeg problem. Although there may be issues, but I mean, this guy is over and over every again. Team More the guys ever, every team, yeah. Yeah, like I don't yeah. want to pour. I don't want to pour it on because the guy's in a terrible situation, yes. and he's now ruining the the results of some terrible decisions, um, in the way that he's conducted himself. But I mean, look around the league. Every every team that has touched Evander Kane, uh, washed his hands of him and wants nothing to do with it. And if you don't think that the rest of the league's taken notice of that, uh, I'm here to tell you that they will. Will there be one team? It only takes one to give him a chance. Crazy thing about this, the guy played his ass off last year and had an amazing season on the ice. But there's just so much more that comes with Vander Kane that's been so problematic. That's why he finds himself in the situation that he's in right now. Remo, we've got some breaking news here. Uh, Northside YEG is just tweeting out, nobody here's trolling. I'm sitting at a Tim Hortons in downtown Edmonton, and I overhear guys at the table next to me (laughs) saying changes are coming to the Winnipeg Jets. Wow. I saw, I Big saw changes. That. Yeah, you heard it Live here. Live from Tim Hortons in Edmonton. Love you, Northside YEG. Yeah, but, um, we do appreciate Northside. Uh, can that be hashtag confirmed? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I think if they keep, you know, it keeps going this way and it's keep not going. So, yeah, I think, you know, with the expectations, if they're not being met, changes will happen. But, you know, let's give it. Let's give it a bit before we start bringing the pitchforks. But I do see Jeff Cabellis in chat every day saying, "I'm here with my pitchfork. Let's let's go." He's <laughs> he's ready. So I think he's people are having fun, but we want the team to bounce back. They certainly have an opportunity tonight. 
But, uh, I mean, 0-2, I mean, the another team with Stanley Cup aspirations, the Islanders, are 0-2 as well. So, look, two games, there's 80 more left. Let's pump the brakes a little, and then let's see, give it eight games, and then we can get mad, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I don't think it'll take eight games. Let's just hope we're talking about a win tomorrow. It'll be a little bit more of a... Uh, a fun, upbeat chat section on Winnipeg Sports Talk tomorrow. Um, hey, we spent some time at the beginning of the show talking about the big football story today. Sergio Castillo is a Winnipeg Blue Bomber acquired for a conditional fourth-round pick for the BC Lions. Castillo was last in the CFL in 2019 for BC, admittedly kicking in a dome, but kicked at like 92%, 41 of 45 um, spent some time in the National Football League. Um, should be a great addition to the kicking game that has really been spotty, unsettled, really from game number one of the season. A couple other notes from practice today. No Andrew Harris, no Jamarcus Hardrick, and Nick Dembski is also taking uh, some time off. Uh, Bombers, of course, back in action Saturday night, 6 p.m. against the British Columbia Lions. Um, we do have to hit this Ben Simmons story suspended. Did James Harden start a thing where you want out, you just show up and are just such a dick to everyone around you that you finally force your team into getting rid of you. Cause that, it seems like Ben Simmons is on that plan right now. Uh, finally showed up. Was at practice yesterday and sweats with his phone in his pocket. Um, Doc Rivers isn't having it. He's been suspended one game. It seems like this has to get done at some point because um, everyone else in Philly, including his teammates, sick and tired of dealing with this Ben Simmons drama. Yeah, Shams Charania of The Athletic reporting that Doc Rivers asked Simmons to join a defensive drill today, and he refused, and Rivers asked again, and then he said no, and then Rivers told him to go home, and he dropped the ball. And left. I don't know if that was a joke about dropping the ball or not, but yeah, I don't know. Ben Simmons, I'm I'm still annoyed at him for tanking the NBA Top Shot market back in back during the playoffs when they when they lost Game Seven. But he seems to have worn out his welcome. He doesn't want to be there, and uh, he's acting like it. So he's suspended for a game. We'll see how the drama goes on. You know what? If you can check your DMs, I just sent you over this video of uh, of Joel Embiid. And uh, sure. Embiid is sort of the leader of the Sixers, um, but he's also a no BS guy. He's a pretty interesting dude on social media, and he's rubbed some people the wrong way, but he's a guy that's committed to this team going forward and really is a leader. And Embiid was asked today about this latest turn of events and what he and his teammates are dealing with. This is Joel Embiid of the Sixers on the latest in the Simmons drama. At this point, I don't care about that man, honestly. He does whatever he wants. Uh, you know, that's not my job. Uh, you know, that's those guys' jobs. Uh, you know, I'm only focused on trying to make the team better, uh, win some games, uh, you know, play hard every night, uh, try to lead, you know, the guys that we have here. Uh, and I'm sure they feel the same way because, you know, our chemistry has been excellent. Uh, despite, you know, everything that's been happening in the, uh, the last few months. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, uh, I don't I don't really care. At this point. So uh, that man means nothing to me. Uh, and there's all it's always great when they say just how great the team chemistry has been in the absence of said player. 
That's exactly what's happening on with Ben Simmons right now. And you wonder what this does to, you know, him going forward next. I mean, it certainly is a big black mark. And, you know, whatever team he does presumably end up with, Reem, I think there'll be a big question as to just how committed this guy is to winning, to being a good teammate, because that's certainly not what's happened right now in Philly. I saw online, Hus, that he was trying to sell his condo. I'll look at some pictures of it in Philly. It looked pretty nice, but... Uh, what's the NBA without player drama? And uh, it does uh, tip <laughs> off tonight. What Nets? Speaking of drama, they told Kyrie to go home, playing against Milwaukee and the Lakers, who now have Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony uh, against. Right. I know, and uh, going up against Golden State. Steph Curry's back, but Clay, uh, Clay still out. So uh, I'll tune in. I had an NBA draft yesterday, Hus. I actually. Um, I committed an error. I set it so it was daily transactions instead of weekly. So we did the draft, and I went to set my lineup. I was like, oh, it's daily because we used that last year because you know we weren't <laughs> sure about the season. I had to reset the draft and input it all in manually. It only took about 20 minutes, but it was, <laughs> it, was, it was tough. I was up I was up late doing that, which is probably why there were so many errors here um, with audio. I'll show. A shout out to everyone in chat for calling me out i had to forgot to have some stuff muted uh, or some stuff was was muted when it shouldn't have been it was a disaster i didn't have the right coffee i'm blaming it on that and a number of factors so i will be back i will be ready tomorrow not oh, to geez, make you're it not, you're not going to use the uh, the old uh, time honored parent excuse oh i've got a sick toddler I've got a mm-hmm. sick child it's really uh he's, really affecting a lot of things that i've got going on he's right t- he's turned the corner um but it, has, nice. it was well, a rough, at least you're not blaming your performance on your child. That's that's good. That's it's, good of you. I mean, it was hard uh, this weekend. So he's he's doing better though. But uh, hey, but just yes. a quick note on NBA starting up. Uh, the Nets, even without Kyrie Irving, still the favorite to win the title. Plus two fifty. Lakers four to one. Bucks eight to one. And uh, the Warriors now back twelve to one. Um, what do we got a Raptors number here? Not that I think they're going to win the championship, but uh, oh, a hundred to one. If you're a really optimistic Raptor fan, that uh, they can get back to it. Hey, quickly before we go, because we do have to get the pods up. Let's talk about this Jet Talk Dog. Yesterday, oh, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. the Jet Dog Burger, uh, and you know I saw a number of reports on that from the media that were at the event. But we're getting more information on the Jet Tot Dog Remus, and this one. I'm incredibly intrigued about this. And I don't know if it's ever going to even come close to challenging the Jumbo Jet Dog, which is, for my opinion, one of the most elite concession items anywhere. Um, But this tot dog looks wild. What is it? It's a potato crust battered hot dog. So essentially there's a dog in there essentially surrounded by tater tots, from what I understand, Cilantro salsa, jalapeno aioli, sour cream, and shredded cheese. That's all nice. But the star of this, in a bun, is a dog inside of tater tots, from what I understand. Shout yeah, out to Chris that, D for putting up the post. Yeah, shout out to Chris D. Um, so I saw the Jet Dog Burger, and I was like, you know, I don't know if I could get my mouth around this. I'm going to the game Thursday. I will I will get the tot dog. I'll try it. I'll give a review Friday. This I can wrap my mouth around. At first, I thought this was just, you know, tot dog. I thought it was just like tater tots in a bun. Like a, like some maybe, sort of a vegan a vegan hot dog. Yeah, I thought it was like a that. vegan hot dog. But now that you're telling me that 
The hot dog is battered with potato crust, whatever that means. I don't know. I like the cilantro salsa. Uh, salsa. I like uh, gel pano aioli, uh, sour cream ch- shredded cheese. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sour cream and cheddar cheese. This sound looks great. I'm gonna. I would. I would try this. Uh, I'll do it. I'll give it a report. Maybe I'll take a review or throw it on the Winnipeg Sports Talk uh, Instagram. Well, we got invited to that. We got invited to that event yesterday, and of course, we couldn't do it because we were on the air. But I did say we would make a special visit down to uh, talk to the new chef about what they're going on, and maybe put together some content for the YouTube channel and our social channels. So, uh, yes, a WST review of the Tot Dog will be forthcoming here on the program. And um, there was some <laughs> some pretty good shots there. Uh, the Michael Capti, yes, the Mexi Fries Hot Dog Deluxe for you Taco Time lovers. Cabillas is going to try hey. that. And Schickster, Tot Wheels, a top three true food truck in the city. Love food truck takes and just general food takes here on the program. Uh, all right. Ta- Taco Time's actually pretty good. I'm going to be honest. I used I to like get Taco it. I like Taco Time. Old it's kind of It's kind of underrated, Taco Time. I hit it on skip every now and then. You'll see the uh, the Marion one uh, dropping the free to live over uh, over twenty, and sometimes you know what? Maybe we'll change it up a little bit. Get taco time. Um, I haven't been to a mall in probably ten years, so I haven't seen any of the mall stops. But there is one um, here in the city. All right, great stuff tonight. Enjoy the game, everybody. We'll see what the Jets look like without their captain Blake Wheeler again. Eleven forward, seven defense. I see, and Kenny and Rennie will uh, hit it up on YouTube after the game, and we'll be here talking uh, all about it tomorrow uh, with the Jets returning home without Captain Blake Wheeler getting ready for their first two home games of the season. Thursday is the home opener against the Anaheim Ducks. Saturday night, 6 p.m., yes, same time as the Bombers host BC. Uh, The Jets will be hosting the Nashville Predators. Uh, Big thanks to Princess Auto, Royal Sports, Manitoba Battery, Culligan Water, Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza, Not Auto Corp, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course, our betting partner, Cool Bet Canada. Folks, enjoy the game tonight. We'll be back at it tomorrow. On the way out, make sure you hit the subscribe button and give us a thumbs up if you haven't already. We'll see you tomorrow at 1 p.m. live on YouTube and just after 3 in your podcast feed on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Enjoy. Oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.